sensual. Yeah. I did remark to a friend, like, yeah, everyone's having a summer, so we don't necessarily need to clog your ears with our podcast. And and he said, oh, well, I'm driving to the cabin all the time. I actually need it. I was like, all right, good point. So this is for the the cabin people. (laughs) Shout out to the cabin peeps. Shout out to the cabin people. On their way up north, hopefully the car is full of people that don't want to listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I do. I I also do. Charles, have to tell you, uh, Mecca, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about uh, random things that make us unconscionably angry. And today I was almost very late, as in you almost beat me here, uh, because I discovered, or I I guess I recognized another trait, and I thought you would just enjoy this. Um, When you open the refrigerator and something falls out, if I'm the one that put it there, it's like, ah, I'm an idiot. What a Mm dum-dum. I clean it up. I throw stuff away. (laughs) If the same thing happens and I'm not the one that put that thing there... I like, like the rage of a thousand suns. And it's so embarrassing because I also can look around the fridge and see all the little mini Jengas that I've built that are mm. ready to topple. Yes. But today I wasn't the one that put the thing back. And so there was like, it took me half the time to clean up the peppers that spilled everywhere and the oil. And then the other half to be like, why are you angry? You fucking monster. Just chill out. And then like <laughs> 10 seconds go by and it's just like, Right. <laughs> the, and then you just feel dumb. And then you feel so dumb. That was stupid. I'm like, I'm sweating. That's uh, okay. Here we are. <laughs> so. uh, I love that sense of duality with drivers. You know, people will be like, nope, you're not cutting me off. Like, not letting someone into a lane, but that same person will cut someone off. Oh, for, for sure. A block later. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right. So enough about that. And uh, more about the fact that we are back and we are recording and this is libations for everyone. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been able to say this. I don't introduce myself in public all that often. So I guess this makes me Ben Quam, which would mean that you are... Charles Watt. Man, and here we are. Yes, we are. Chilling back in the uh, the home office, if you will. We're in the conference room. We're getting we're getting intimate. Back where it all started. Back where and it all started. How appropriate because yeah. it is our birthday. Here it is. Yeah. Not us collectively as humans. Us collectively as a podcast. As a podcast. Uh, I want to, first of all, obviously thank everybody who's continued listening and people that have gone back, people that found the episodes recently from a friend or somebody that they look up to being interviewed and have gone back and have been texting us and emailing us and messaging us about uh, past episodes. We love that. That's the coolest thing ever. And we hope that we can hear more people suggesting uh, future guests. I know that we've had uh, a few uh, inspirations recently from some people. So we're hoping to get that rolling. Refilling the cash. Charles, a year in, what have you, what have, what have we learned? Have we learned anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> we've learned that this was a good idea and we, just, we are still having fun. I feel like that's a pretty good. <laughs> I think we've learned a lot. Yeah. But I can't call to mind anything because we were drinking. Well, let's, uh, let's, I, I think lesson number one is don't let people hold their own microphones and always take uh, control of the Blackberry Brandy when interviewing Tony Zaccardi. Yeah. Uh, t- tell Tony, tell Tony, pick two when on the bar he has a pack of cigarettes, a burrito. Uh, was it PBR? Hams. He, he ate an entire burrito <laughs> into the microphone and blackberry brandy, not only in a shot glass but also on the rocks. The most <laughs> he's juggling like seven things. The most and holding his mic manually, which was a b- lot of fun. By far and away, the most professional <laughs> recording musician that we have ever talked to. And we couldn't have we couldn't have made it a worse recording. I love it. 
There's nothing funnier than that for yeah, me. Someday I'm going to pay someone an exorbitant sum to clean up the audio on that because it's such a great episode. <laughs> yeah. But when I tried to, I just about threw myself out the yeah. window. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, Don't let and, that keep you from listening to it, by the way. It's a it's, fantastic episode. It's amazing. The story of Barack Obama following Tony Zaccardi on Twitter alone is worth the price of admission. It is, it <laughs> yeah. is beautiful. And uh, leading into uh, us introducing our guest today, uh, I do want to want to sort of reference something that we've captured been talking about, uh, and that's that uh, we are still doing um, imbibing something for every topic. It's you know we always said it was six shots, six topics. Uh, we wanted shot to be a little bit looser because we wanted people just like when you go out to the bar with your friends, people drink different things. Sometimes they're not drinking. There's all kinds of things going on. Um, we've had a few uh, episodes where people have chosen to drink wine. Uh, we've had some episodes where we were drinking beer. We have uh, we have a couple people uh, in the sober life side of things that uh, we would like to have on, and we're going to figure out how to navigate that. Uh, Tony Fly, when he was on, was uh, enjoying his stroll through greener pastures, if you will. And I love that we got to talk about that, the politics behind marijuana as well as right. the enjoyment of consuming marijuana. Uh, so just as we move forward, we're going to keep that same format going on, but it, we, we're just a little bit looser with what we consider like the shots. Yeah, that's not really changing. You know, there's exceptions to every rule. Yeah. The rule is still that we're, you know, trying to take six bumps of, of booze, but, you know, where we're going, there are no rules. We like to say that here as well. Yeah, fuck rules. This is our shit. That's right. That's how we do it. Uh, and so, leading right into that, yes. uh, I would like to introduce our guest, who is a, a wonderful human, a wine aficionado, um, a force for good in the world, and also a lot of fun to hang out with. Uh, would you be willing to introduce yourself and let the uh, let the crowds know how they might know you or where they could find you? Well, first of all, that's such nice things to say. Um, Mecca Boss, uh, you can find me at. Ask me where what where they can find me. Yeah, like or how how would somebody <laughs> how would somebody you know? Find like, me in yeah. the crib. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, say a little bit about what you do, uh, and if if maybe somebody would have come across your work, where it would have yeah. been. Uh, okay, Mecca Boss, and I've been writing about food in the Twin Cities for probably twenty years. Cooking food in the Twin Cities for about twenty years, sometimes outside of the Twin Cities. Um, I mean, you can you can find me on Googies. You can Google my name, M E C C A B O S. There's only one of me here. It's such so a power name. Go too. on the Googies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got websites and Instagrams and all the stuff like that. Uh, depends on what you're looking for, what kind of content you're looking for. I've produced a lot of content. That's, that is true. So it depends. It uh, depends on what you're looking for. Uh, timing wise, this is really cool how this worked out. Uh, when Charles and I first sat down and made a list of potential guests, you were on the original list. Oh, thanks. Um, and it just timed out well that you also put out an incredibly powerful piece. And before we jump into our normal format of the show, I was wondering if you could give everybody uh, a little, uh, sort of a little overview or a summary of the KFAI piece and where where it's going. Sure. So just like everybody and their grandmother, I am a, a podcaster now as well as a writer and a chef. And um, I've done some amateur chat podcasts that I've enjoyed with friends and uh, had friends edit them and want to throw themselves out the window and things like that, and we've had a lot of fun with that. But I really wanted to take it up a level and um, do uh, and produce a professional podcast. So I found myself a pro producer, or a friend actually put us together, and uh, her name is uh, the, the incredible Nancy Rosenbaum. I'm going to say that's like her newly minted name. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's a longtime professional um, uh, podcast producer for NPR and 
on being and all sorts of things. Anyway, um, so we put our heads together and we have um, just finished our first um, feature-length audio documentary called uh, The Godfather of Black Space in Minneapolis, and that's going to be part of a larger umbrella project called um, The Hidden Black Foodways of Minnesota. And we came up with that um, because I, as uh, a black chef and food writer in Minnesota, um, just always felt like things were missing for me, the pieces were missing, that um, as much as I love my hometown and I love Minnesota and I love Hot Dish and I love all those things, um, I needed to, you know, I call it a food identity. I wanted to find something that resonated with me. And it was hard, you know, I was just always felt like, you know, I don't feel like the pieces are all here. So I started digging around and... Um, Anthony Brutus Cassius kept on coming up, and he is the first black man in Minnesota history to have a liquor license, which he fought mightily for. He's also the first black man to have a, a bar in downtown Minneapolis, and um, he was also a major civil rights leader in his time. So, we did a future we did a feature length documentary on um, Mr. Cassius, and um, it's been great. I mean, people have been really responding to it, and it's a piece of Minnesota history that, you know, it's black history. So um, there's a reason why we call it the Hidden Black Foodways. Not not the forgotten black foodways or the black foodways because black history is oftentimes very much buried not just lost but buried in this country and minnesota is no different um so yeah that's in a nutshell what we're up to it's amazing it's uh, a <clears throat> to all of our listeners that are going to go listen to that later you can find it if you just google uh kfai mini history is that that's yeah the... or you can even i think you can even google um the hit, <clears throat> um i'm sorry the um the godfather of black space in minneapolis yeah. uh just apologies please uh when you listen to the professionalism that goes into the production of that podcast, please come back and still listen to our little Stop. show. Stop. It is. It, it, I, I, I'm still marveling at, at how wonderfully that was all put together with uh, the audio clips. And again, just to be able to hear his voice mm. speaking his story throughout the whole thing is a reminder both of the humanity involved in the story and that it was not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, it's so easy to put things in the rearview mirror and equate it all as history. And, well, and just as an aside, I mean, those, um, those interviews with Cassius were part of a collection at the Hennepin County Library and um, uh. his grand his grandson who we also interviewed for the documentary um, when he fin- when he listened to the finished product he didn't realize that we were going to be hearing from his grandpa oh, wow, and so wow. it was really powerful for him and we were so happy to like I can't that. imagine yeah and so he's you know the whole family is you know just digging on it so it's been so that was their first time hearing those recordings they didn't realize that those recordings were part of the library collection really yeah, yeah. wow I think it's an important listen for Minnesotans and even for those of our listeners that are not from Minnesota, it's an important piece of American history. I think it's 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 the kind of thing no one thinks about mm. because it's, you know, seemingly ancient history. At least people it's just out of sight, out of mind for a lot of people. But there's a lot of critical information in there that I think uh, you would do yourself a service to listen to. Well, and acutely spe- specific to the racism that, that still sub- survives and is systemic here in the U.S., I, there's no way that every town and every city doesn't have a story very oh, they similar. All, yeah, they all do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. And, I, yeah, it's just, it was a fantastic show to get to hear. So I wanted to definitely take a little bit of time and get that out. And then again, at the end of the episode, uh, we'll remind everybody kind of where to find that. Right. Yeah, and keep your eyes peeled because we're going to do more. We're working on our second episode now. Can you talk about that at all? Or yeah, is that... we can. Okay. I can. I can do a tiny teaser. Well, there's a couple of things that are happening, but I'll give you a tiny teaser of the one we've been researching. So um, there's a woman named Tiny Holder. And she had a chicken shack over on 6th Avenue, which is now uh, Olson Memorial Highway. And in the 1920s, um, Olson Memorial Highway was a black enclave. And there was, you know, um, juke joints and chicken shacks and um, hair salons. And, you know, it was was a black neighborhood. 
And um, chicken shacks were, you know, a way that um, black women could could cook and and, and sort of um, make a, make a modest living serving food. Um, and she bought her chicken shack from two other women and. Um, Tiny went on to also own uh, a nightclub called Apex, and sounds like she had some run-ins with the Kid Can Liquor Syndicate, which Cassius also did. Um, she may or may not have been involved with a brothel. She did hair. So she's just a fascinating character, and um, one of the things I'm trying to get people to think about is the fact that, in my opinion, black women are really the architects of American food. Black women are the true chefs, and they're the probably the least conjured image of what a chef is if you ask somebody what does a chef look like so um i'm really excited to learn more about tiny's life and this is a hundred years ago so we're gonna have to really do um, our research this time i mean we did our research last time too but um it's interesting to find you know you're talking about people who are no longer with us and and also trying to do justice and tell a true story and that's one of the things i'm really passionate about is like who what stories have been hidden and who and and these are worthwhile stories absolutely these people deserve to have their stories told like i can't i can't say that with enough conviction so that's what we're looking at love it it's amazing that well i feel like that deserves a cheers in and of itself so yeah maybe we should put one certainly we can just graze past what we're drinking here oh yeah some hornitos well uh (laughs) all right so so uh mecca being a a wine aficionado uh i wanted to bring a couple different bottles so the first thing that we're tapping into is bodkin it's the first uh sparkling sauvignon blanc it is. Uh, it's fantastic. It's affordable. It's it's POC owned. It's like where I hope all of this is heading. You're starting to see more and more people coming into the market that aren't adhering to the values and or structures of 100, 200, 300 years ago. And it's so open and inviting and fun. I love this with like a good like salty hard cheese. I just think it's it's fantastic. I'm a if I'm drinking white wine, I will usually gravitate towards Sauvignon Blanc before anything else. So having something sparkling, it's, I just thought it was fun and something it's different. Delicious, and I love it. Um, Thank it, you. And we're drinking. And then we are drinking Tornitos tequila. Tornitos tequila and gigantic cans of. <laughs> Because I know Quam has remarked on the pod before that he likes a big, like a, a 40 or like a big tall boy yep. can. So when I saw these at the liquor store on 22nd here in Northeast Minneapolis. And get used like, to yeah. them because they're going to be gone for a few months. Coors Banquet is getting temporarily shelved in cans because of the aluminum crunch. Is that real life or that is, is that no, another? No, that's real okay. life. Well, I prefer it in the grenade anyways. Yeah. But this, I just thought this was a fun novelty along with our hornitos. But... Uh, Cheers to all the work cheers. and uh, cheers, cheers to being back, back recording. Yay. Shout out to my friends at Ornito slash Beam Suntory. Uh, they helped out with a, um, a fundraiser that I was uh, working on. They donated a bunch of tequila and we had one bottle that didn't get cashed. So this is a, this is a big cheers to the world. Uh, but with that, <clears throat> we should probably jump into this, huh? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm going to start it off. So uh, Mecca... It has been unconscionably hot out for yeah. most of the last three weeks. And I sit squarely in the camp of the weather and or climate directly affects what I am cooking, right? So when it is 90 plus degrees out, is there a go-to food that you crave, that you want to cook, that you want to go out and eat? Is there something that you seek out? You know, it's been, um, I started last year on, when it was hot like this again last year. Um, do y'all know about the Baba's, Baba's Hummus? Mm. Do y'all know about it? Possibly Babas. Usually, my low, mom makes the hummus. It's a low, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> la ti da. But uh, well, my mom does not make the hummus. Okay. So there's a local company called Babas, yep. 
And um, I live on Baba's hummus. Like, I think the serving size is supposed to be like two tablespoons, which just makes me laugh out loud. Oh, like, I can eat like a container of this <laughs> yeah. hummus like a day. I'll put two tablespoons on a single piece of celery. <laughs> serving like, size sure. is a half pint. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So I've been like, I live on Baba's and pita and then like maybe like a vegetable or something like that. And it just, I feel that it just like takes care of all of my nutritional needs. And like, mm. I don't really want to eat when it's hot like this. My sister and I were complaining about this this morning. Like, it gets hot like this and you don't want to eat. And we love to eat. Like, we love to eat. And so, yeah, I'm Baba's. Like, I'm about to buy merch. Like, I should really, I'm serious. Like, I should own stock in this company. Like, I keep them alive. And it is like the, I mean, I haven't had your mother's. I'm sure your mother's, I don't know, maybe. We can do a taste test. Ooh. But but it is like the creamiest. I mean, I cannot even say enough good things about Baba's. So, Baba's. I I will try it because most shelf stuff is not is legit. Like, it's good. I'm actually a new client of mine Mm -hmm. is a aroma food company um, that specializes in all sorts of uh, Somali cuisine. And they're launching – when they launch, they're doing three uh, hummuses, and they're really fucking good. I'd like to try that, They're really good. They're called Adeli Foods, so they should be launching late this summer based on our current timing with creating their packaging. But, uh, yeah, they do a regular, a um, olive, which is – Green olive, which is more traditional in North Africa and Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, and a jalapeno. It's pickled jalapeno, too, which is pretty cool. Yep. Slight side digression. Is the plural of hummus hummuses? That's what I was... Is it humai? Is it just hummus? Well... Is it like deer or deer? Technically, it is none of those things because it's an Arabic word, and then I... Humis? I I anglicized it. I Englishified it. So hummus is... Yeah, sure. Homicide. <laughs> I'm gonna. That's gonna bother me. I'm at like three days from now. I'm gonna be laying awake at two in the morning with staring at the ceiling, wondering how I could You're better. Be stammering, and Jenny's gonna be like, "What is what is wrong?" With staring you? at the ceiling. Homicide. <laughs> uh, we're calling the hospital right now. Uh, do you have a, Do you have a spot that you go to for for pitas and or flatbread to go with that? Because I think that is I mean, also a very legit. Bob's question. makes pita and flatbread, Ooh, and so do. like yeah, they do. And so like Damn. I don't know. Like I feel like this is very much like an American, like the whole like American discovering what you know other cultures have known since the beginning of time but like like beans being the most nutrient rich food in the world and I don't want to like I don't know like I feel like a bad chef from the standpoint that like you know they're always like make beans and I'm like I just don't want to make a pot of beans like every time I'm told like it just it feels like an affront to just like all parts of my soul like I have to make this pot of beans you gotta soak the beans you gotta cook the beans until they're tender right. when you could just be having hummus yeah. like I it gotta just pick feels rocks like, out of this thing right. you gotta pick the rocks out <laughs> like rocks in here so much work and it's, it's so rocks so, in my asparagus it is so extra and so just get the hummus it's already ready to go there you go you know and it's it's all good all the way to the last step <laughs> Uh, Charles, what about you? Hot weather food. I feel like this this is more your weather. I mean, the thing is, for me, the answer is probably ironic. I like to grill when it's super hot, and I always regret it at the very end, like all sweaty eating the meal you just prepared. Sweaty meat. Yeah. I don't know. I, even mm. when, like when it's super hot out, it just reminds me of like the the heart of Minnesota summer, and it makes me want to just enjoy the bounty of fresh ingredients at our disposal this time of year. So it, I think it drives me more to, like, the farmer's market or picking things from the garden and, and like, preparing. Like, I like to say, oh, I make uh, sides, like, salads, cold dishes so that I'm not sweating my ass up. But the inverse is true. It means I'm going to fire up the grill and stand in front of a bunch of hot coals <laughs> and then get real angry about it and then 
eat my meal all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess the other uh, notion is I've been going more toward uh, summery drinks. Mm-hmm. Like the older I get, the more I'm like, no, nah, man, why the fuck would I drink an old fashioned when it's 96 degrees? Welcome I, to the club. I used to, yeah, I used to drink straight whiskey. Now I add a cube. I used to, you know, drink those types of cocktails even in the summer. But now I actually do like a gin-based cocktail. That was something that I wouldn't have done a few years ago. But getting a nice, like, pineapple-y sort of cocktail of some sort mm-hmm. with vodka or gin uh, is quite pleasant when it's this hot out. I went I went so hard in the paint. Uh, I convinced Rob Jones and me here to let me take home a deli of their... Uh, they made a Definitely celery south side. So they made uh-huh. a, a two-to-one rich uh, mint simple syrup. And then they filled it out, the other part that would have been water to make it one-to-one. They filled it with celery juice. Hmm. And we just ran through, in three, four days, we just ran through an entire deli of that. And it was incredible. So I guess I hadn't even realized that. But yeah, I 100% of my cocktails are, are weather-dependent, for sure. I eat a lot of ice cream in the summer. I, I Classic. I am not a big dessert person. But, oh, my God. Ice cream is its own category. Yeah, it, I just had this conversation really, for, yesterday with yeah. a friend. Neither one of us are sweet treats. And she's like, or sweet tooth. And I, it's, ice cream, is it doesn't go within. It's its own it's category. Its own thing. Yeah. I totally agree. And I Fair. love it. Uh, and then the other thing that I've noticed is that over the last few years, um, it hasn't changed the style of what I'm cooking. But I put so many more fresh vegetables into everything that I make mm. because we just have better quality. Because vegetables. Because we have them. Right. And you don't have those like <clears throat> sad tomatoes and corn that you have to get at the grocery no, store and in I, February. I, it's not that I want to be like a, a super meat and potatoes Midwest guy. But in the winter, sometimes you look around and everything's like that that gray offshoot of green and everything feels leathery. And it's just – it's tough to like get excited about putting that into a meal. I love root vegetables and like beets and shit. I can do that, all that for days. But in the summer, like, I want to see the entire rainbow of RG Biv or Roy G Biv on my plate. Like right. every single color represented because that means that I actually hit the grocery store or the market correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never would have thought, I guess, as a kid, that that's where I would have ended up where the protein is almost an afterthought if it's there. Well, uh, and that's what's going to keep you alive yeah. <laughs> if you keep doing that. There we go. <laughs> to life. <laughs> Yay, life. Actually, fuck it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Let's cheers to that. We want to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, this is incredibly we delicious and live. active. It's so good. I like saying that before I take a shot. We want to live. <laughs> to life. Drinks poison. Drinks poison. <laughs> Who are you imploring? Ah. <laughs> uh, Question number two. Number two. So sadly, we'll, summer will be done before we know it. Sort of on topic here. Uh, use this recording as a way to promise yourself to do a thing you're worried you won't have time to get to before it's over. Say again? <laughs> promise yourself via this recording to do a thing that you're worried you won't have time oh, to this do this summer? summer. Right? So like, here's okay. a thing you really want to do that you think you won't mm. have time for. Well, okay. So I typically don't leave here in the summers because sure. typically it's nice out here yeah. right so you're just like no it's like the only time it, it's nice out here i'm going to stay here but this summer has been trash 
Like, it's not nice out. Mm-mm. And I'm spending a lot of time, like, sitting at my mom's house in the central area because she has it. So I want to remind myself to get out of here, and I can't really get motivated to get out of here because if I go south, it's going to be more trash. The west is evidently falling to pieces. Completely on fire. Where do I go? Like, where I don't. I was talking to my mom in the car about it, and she's like, are you going somewhere? And, like, I wish I could figure out where. So I want to mm-hmm. remind myself to get out of town this summer. I, I want to leave here, but do you guys have any suggestions? Like, where could I go? Go up north. No, I, I told. That's why I told my mom. I want to see. I don't want to. Go I want to go. I want like some. I need a new vibe. I need a new situation. San Diego. I, I would like to see some black people. I would like to. I mean, you know, I like white folks, but I'm not going up north. Mm-hmm. Like I need a new do moment. Some, do some San Diego or Chicago. Yeah. Chicago was much cooler than Minneapolis I last weekend, which it is was. bizarre. Yeah, when I left, it was 70 degrees, and when I pulled into my garage, it was 91, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? All right, maybe Chicago. Very then. odd. Or go hit something on the East Coast. Go do something like I was just in Philadelphia, Maryland, and the it was phenomenal, right but I was just out that way. Mm. So, I don't know. But Money yeah, that's a... what I want to do. What do, mm. we, what do you guys want to do? Oh yeah, what are you going to promise? Or should I? What are you going to go for? It? Promise? <laughs> um, well, I was going to say that I, I I I have not traveled on a solo trip in a very long time. Sure. So I was thinking about that, but uh, I, I need to promise myself to get out and like sleep outside somewhere. I haven't mm-hmm. done that in literally three years. Mm-hmm. I've Good stayed one. at like nice cabins, like big houses that we call cabins. But I need to get out to like somebody's land and do that. And I don't know why this year. Maybe because last year we just couldn't hang out. But this year, it just seems more important to me, and not. I, I really don't care like who I go with. I think I just need to like go somewhere where I can see stars, mm-hmm. and like lay outside and look at them, and not no stars on your cabin bachelor party weekend. Or did you? You were too drunk to look up. No, it was it was actually cloudy. <laughs> or to uh, see up. No, least. it was it was cloudy. <laughs> we were really bummed about that. It was super cloudy uh, both nights that we were up there, and you got a couple glimpses of a pretty cool moon. But we walked all the way out. It was like hundred yards off the lake, and we walked all the way out onto the dock of the lake, and you just nothing. It was, it was like haze. That's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, there's. I don't know. Maybe this is just me getting older too. Like I desperately want to travel because I'm a city kid for life. But so travel to another city. But I I don't know. I've been missing nature, I guess, more. And we've been going on a lot of walks with the dog and whatnot. But I want to get like out out. And Jenny is uh, will file her under not a camper. Mm, so same. yeah, so you go. You could go. I could kick it with Jenny. There you go. Yeah. See, I like that. Yeah. So uh, I have a couple friends that have like undeveloped land, and they go up and just tent it up and, and hang out. So I'm going to figure nice. out something. The, the problem is, I started doing the math because we are, in fact, at the closing window of summer. Even though we're saying this in July, mm. uh, I don't have a weekend mm. without. I don't have a weekend without a wedding. Or an event uh, until the second week in October, so it may be a, a chilly camping. I mean, do you think it's a min- it's an official Minnesota pastime to like lament the fact that summer is almost over? Like the minute that summer getting. starts, like right. you guys, it's mm-hmm. going to be over. Like mm-hmm. it's it's almost over. It could mm-hmm. be like May first. Summer, like it's almost over. It feels <laughs> especially fleeting this year because we didn't get a real summer last well, and year, it's, and it's not so we're nice. trying to like grab every like ounce of it. Yeah, even with it being yeah, and it's fucking just, like, hot being as shit. In the vicinity yeah. of yeah. other humans has with been Minnesota's a relationship revelation. to summer is the same as it was with like a camp romance. <laughs> Like you could, it doesn't matter how in love you are. Like you know that it's gone in a little bit of time. Like you could measure it out in weeks, right off the bat, or in days, right off the bat. So normally, I try and lust after summer as much as I can when it's here, but it has been straight up awful and abusive back. Yeah, it's not nice. So like when even my dog won't go outside, 
It's like, oh god! All right, this is this is terrible. We're just we're just it's just a it's an inverse of winter, right. and that's that's just just as dumb. So just as dumb as winter. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm going to move somewhere else. And then you look at what's yeah. going on yeah, everywhere else. And that's like, the thing. I can't even figure out a vacation. Like, I guess I'll just stay here because every other place is just as shitty. It's so bad. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to hold myself to camping. Charles, what are you going to do? I would probably have a very similar answer, except it seems that all of my camping friends are uh, currently battling health issues. So I'm going to wait that out. And in in a sense, I don't want to camp because I don't want them to feel bad that they cannot. Like Brandon, who lives across the street from my office here, when he's well in the fall, I would like to camp with Mm -hmm. him. Um, Same thing with another friend of mine. I won't get into it. Mm -hmm. So I think my answer is the inverse of Mecca's. I have been doing a lot of traveling. I was in Chicago last weekend. I'm going to Puerto Rico next week. And I want to spend a lot more time in August doing more, like, grilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff popping in the garden. I'm going to have to do stuff with all that produce. Uh, so I've, I told Marnie this the other day that I want August to be the month of uh, grilling, lots of grilling. Hopefully it's not quite as spicy outside because that's been another impediment. Even though I like to grill when it's hot, we just had plans every night. Like mm-hmm. I want to go out to eat. I want to get cocktails. I want to travel. I'd like to. While your those. life sounds horrible, I... it's awful. <laughs> it's the worst. I, I, yeah, I'm making up for lost time. You know, that's, yeah, no, for me too. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. adds to that like feeling really of like terrible. meeting summer. Yeah, for sure. We all have terrible lives. <laughs> it's so miserable. Why we're so busy and need to make promises to ourselves to do things before the summer is over. So I would say that, and then also we quit drinking good wine during the pandemic because we couldn't go to the store. So we would just get like Marnie. Marnie's cool with boxed wine. I'll tolerate it once in a while, but I really do not enjoy it. Even like the quote good stuff. You wouldn't go to the store for wine. I took chances to go to the store well, for wine. <laughs> I have uh, I have family members who are oh, gotcha. at, at particularly high risk that I have to be around. Oh, okay. So I was Fine. like Yeah, so I, I did the whole like wipe the bag that got dropped off on my doorstep. But I'm not gonna trust the guy at like, you know, the local liquor store to grab me something without me seeing it. And when you're doing the phone thing and they're like, I don't know, it's red with like green letters <laughs> and I'm like, just give me a box of whatever. So we haven't got back into the habit of going to the store and looking at the wines and selecting some really nice wines. And I've like made a note that I want to do a lot more of that. So I want to drink a lot of wine next month and do a lot of grilling. Hell yeah. Also, uh, next pandemic, uh, just remember, you, you also have friends, that, some of whom next have to go to liquor stores Right. For a living. Right. What? I feel like there's a workaround here. I, just... I still wanted to select them. I get it. Like, you know, I want to be the one to, like, talk to the... I want to go talk to Bob yeah. or Tim You want to be the guy to do Stinson the thing. And, you know, like, oh, what, what vintage is this? I, Yeah, I'd rather do it manually. So I, I kind of just stopped drinking much wine. Mm. Except bubbles, because you can, you know... Grab a couple bottles of bubbles. It's easy. <laughs> we, uh, we, we dug into the cellar pretty hard. We, uh, I, I kind of had this weird epiphany right when everything got serious that, like, what the fuck am I saving all this for? Like, what mm. special event is going to be bigger than, special like... Than more special than the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, or than enjoying a dinner with my wife. Like, what am I trying to say? Like, That's this right. will be more important. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I had dozens of bottles down there. And it was like, what the fuck? Because it was like... Drink them, replace them. I, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an echo from, from growing up poor, is that mm. you always feel like you're one misstep away from just going right back to that and I have I had for a very long time I was very hoarderish with the things that I loved music 
food, booze, mm-hmm. wine. Right. And it was, it's again, uh, not, not trying to, to, to toot my privilege too much, but we had a pretty good run through, through the pandemic with Jenny, not getting furloughed and me only getting furloughed for five weeks. Like we had a pretty good run and it was kind of like, okay, let's take stock of like what's important to us. And I just kept thinking like, what on earth could I possibly think is going to happen in the next 10 years that would render all of these mm-hmm. now worthy when some of them were old enough that they were starting to get ready to like fall off too. Mm-hmm. And like I had held onto them. Oh, I, what, what on earth joy could you get from owning a bottle long enough that it goes bad? Like, how could you even feel good about that? <laughs> right. So triggered. So, you know, we started, we started going I'm trying. and then, and then I have a very, uh, a very wonderful dinner in two nights that I'm looking forward to. And I was like, oh, I'm going to grab a bottle from downstairs. And I was like, oh, yeah, we've been hitting this a little bit. It was like, do I bring this or this is basically what I'm I just, I just want to say, like, I, you know, I follow you casual on social meds. I don't really do. I've been sort of curtailing my social meds because that was one of the things like with the pandemic, like you start to take stock of like what how you're spending the moments of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think I want to spend the moments of my life staring into this like three by five inch box. You know, like I'm not going to be alive forever. So put that down more often. But I follow you casually on social meds. And I just want to say, like, you and Jenny are like relationship goals. Hashtag. <laughs> like you guys have such a beautiful like love affair, and you're like one of the few like marriages that you can point to and be like, those people seem to be get, doing it right. She says to the guy who had to talk himself out of screaming because that's, peppers but, fell no, out of the that's, fridge. That's 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 just that's also just like hashtag marriage. But like, we all have our weak Yeah, you so. guys like you date each other. You obviously yeah. still have romance, and so um, yeah, I just want to like shout out your hey, shout out your your romance and your marriage. That the, I, honestly, that feels very wonderful yeah. to hear and uh I, f- I feel like when we got tight i also kind of noticed the same thing with you and marnie and it's just like there's something about i and i'm not trying to speak for you charles but there's something about really going through some wild shit mm. in your younger years it kind of for for me i guess it just set me up to think more about well what do i actually want and all I could think of was, I don't want to end up like some of my friends from high school that when you go over to their house, they bring you out in the garage and they drink the golden <laughs> lights and smoke hidden cigarettes and talk about how much they hate their wives and kids. Oh, right. You know, like, I just can't, I, I can't do that. And I, I, that, there's no joy in that. And uh, on paper, Jenny and I shouldn't have worked. And maybe that's why it works. I don't mm. know. It's awesome. But I'm, I'm insanely lucky. Yeah, it and does seem awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do on frequently both of you. remark to Marnie that I sort of dreaded having the type of marriage that some of my friends do where they were very close with me, like male friends who I was very close with and maybe met their wife in passing because they're like, I'm going to go do stuff. You're not interested in the things that I do. And so I, for years, I, I have some friends who I probably hung out with for four or five years and maybe saw their, their partner a single time, mm-hmm. maybe twice. And that's, that's sad, man. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I'm going to a party, I'm always going to give Marnie right a first refusal. If she's like, nah, I'm good. I want to do some other stuff. Cool. And that's another great element of a healthy relationship. But I want her to say yes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to be in that kind of marriage where you're like, ah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do stuff. And you're going to do your own thing all the time. That's I kind of dread that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just want to do everything all the time. <laughs> I have to recognize. You do. Yeah. I don't know anyone Jews, in yeah. my entire sphere of knowledge that 
has the same interests that I do. So I just have to accept the fact that there's going to be stuff that I go to alone and there's going to be shows that I go to sure. alone. But if you went everywhere sure. together, then that would be too... It's that's, also weird. That's I don't, not going to work. I can't, yeah. yeah, I'm always concerned when yeah. I have I'm, friends I'm who always concerned. bring their spouse. Yeah. What are you doing? So like you yeah. both values. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're talking about going on a solo trip. I went on a mm-hmm. solo trip last weekend. I went to Madison and then I went to Chicago. And in Madison, I was just by myself, like cruising around. I love that town. And then I went to Chicago and stayed with Jeb and Eden. So... Yeah. You know, she's just like, have fun. I'm going to stay home with the dog. That's the key to success, too, because then you get a chance to miss each other. Sure. <laughs> I, I, bought three, I bought three sets of concert tickets on Friday, and I don't have a date for any of the shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'll Can't wait for that out. phone Take call. Take me to one. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> They'll call me at 9 p.m. on the night of one of these yeah. shows. Like, hey, Jenny's not feeling like going mm, to the show. <laughs> no, I think these are, these, are, these are very specifically non-Charles shows. I have to tell okay. you this. I was like at um, – so Erica Badu is going to be here. Did mm-hmm. you – is that one of what? the sets? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I I'm going to buy. Go would you really? But I probably wouldn't do it without Marnie. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I feel like I said that I would go first. Yes. You did, but no, it's I fine. It's fine. I, oh, if well, I'm going, I'm going with Marnie. Then you can't. And then maybe I'll see you guys there. Well, because here's the thing. I was like, all right, I'm going to buy four of these tickets because mm-hmm. Erica Badu. I saw her at First Ave some years ago. Did you see that show? I did not. It was, I was so out of town. It was so dope. It's like mm-hmm. one of the shows that sticks in my memory. It's one mm-hmm. of the best ever. She came out in these like moon, these like thigh high moon boot things and whatever. So amazing. It was so dope. She's like magical. Oh my God. So I was like, I'm going to buy four of these tickets. I'm sitting in the parking lot of Maplewood Mall, don't ask. And so I go through the whole ticket master deal. You know, it takes like a half an hour and whatever. And then, like, the total comes up. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, like, I can't. Double. No, I was like, cancel, Literally cancel, double. cancel. Yeah. cancel. <laughs> no, can you? Like, I cannot justify that. Yeah, ticket, Not even for uh, Erica. Ticketmasters, uh, they're up over 30% now Woo! for their fees. So I had, to, I had to back my back it up. So Everything's up 30%. Everyone's Woo! bumped their prices. Yeah. On everything. Yeah, I would go to Erica Badu, but I would rather take Marnie. <laughs> we left Skalvin like a month ago. I don't think she even knew I liked Erica Badu, but we left Skalvin and they were playing like this really sexy playlist while we were there because it's a very sexy cocktail room. It is. And when we departed, because they had been playing her music, I like turned it on in the Jeep and then Marnie's like, Are you playing Erica Badu? And I was like, Yeah, they were just playing it in there and it made me think about it. And she was like, I didn't know you. Like Erica Padu. Who doesn't well, like Erica Padu, Marnie? Also, what's this sexy cocktail room I don't know about? Scalvin? Oh, yeah. you heard of them? Scalvin, yeah. No. Okay. Their their the cocktail room is quite new. It's yeah. you can you know the dude who engineered it. I don't know. I've met him, but I do not know him. Yeah, so uh Dick Dunham was long time with the Travail Pig Ate My Pizza family. Damn and then, high high, right? Yeah. Last, he was last at High High. Yeah. That's where I've met him, but I don't know him. And then he bounced over there and the idea was like I really love their product, but they there hasn't really been like a voice behind it. And so basically like I started buying it because it's a wink and a nod to my Norwegian heritage as far mm-hmm. as like even the name and the, mm-hmm. the logo and everything. The but Viking helmets on each yeah. Level. Um, and then, I mean, the, the distillery actually mean Cheers Friends is the name of the distillery. So then they decided that they wanted to really try and make a, a cocktail room that could kind of compete with some of the other heavy hitters in town. And they opened it, and it's fantastic. Have you been there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Where's yeah. it at? Brooklyn Park. Yeah. Oh, in, wow. like, an it, industrial... It's in Dunder, Dunder Mifflin, is what yeah. Marnie called it. Yeah. It's down this, like... It's in an industrial parkway, and the building is, like, 90s-style okay. industrial offices including like a vending machine with Twix in it and, and Cheetos. And then sexy. you suddenly open this office door and you're in like this okay. super sexy uh, nod to Japanese cocktail rooms. Yeah. So it's dimly lit and smoky and they're playing Erica Badu and the cocktails are mind-blowingly good. It's 
I will say, as someone who specializes in, in branding work, that the brand is very inconsistent because from the, what the bottles look like in the name of the distillery <laughs> and this crazy building, it's very it's such a rabbit hole. Yeah. You hmm, feel like you feel like you're on something other than alcohol when you walk in. You're like, uh, where am I? <laughs> but shout out to the the crew at, at Skalvan. I obviously love their Akavit, and that was actually all truth be told. That's what I was making my celery self sites <laughs> with instead of. Instead of using gin, I was using their Akavi because it's heavy on rye, and the rye and celery really gave it like a sweet celery uh, or savory bent to it, mm-hmm. where it was just shy of like salady, and then it would retreat with this like sweet on the finish. Oh, you guys are such cocktail nerds! I love it. Nerds, <laughs> such ner- you could have just said such nerds. That would have been good enough. Such nerds. <laughs> Yeah, I like met, a, uh, I, but nerds are my favorite. You know, the, the <laughs> talk know. nerdy to me. Yeah. I met uh, Tyson and his and his wife Mary, who are the owners of yeah. Skalvin. Uh, when we were there, and he's pretty gung ho about coming on the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, so. shout out to Tyson. You're going to come on. There's no way around it. And we're gonna we're gonna talk through a bunch of nerdery because I need to know. Like casually, we've talked plenty, plenty of times, but I don't know his actual. Oh, whole right, story. I met him in Meteor. Yeah, That's right. and I need to I need to drill down on that because there are like. Nine total Akavit aficionados that I know in the entire universe. So two of them were in meteor. That two day, of them so were in meteor that day. Yeah, Mecca, you love it. They got a great sense of humor too. There's you know a lot of joking and and a lot of fun. Well, and you don't know this about me. I'm 51 percent Norwegian. Did not know that about 51%. you. 51 percent. All right, yeah. on the dot. More Just Norwegian than anything. Holler. See, we grow beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, should we do another? Let's. Why not? I am empty. Wine. Wine not. Is that what we're doing? I lived my whole life and never heard that one, which is almost bananas to think about. Yeah. Dad jokes and and (laughs) shitty puns are... Do you have kiddos? My specialties. No, I just do... Just dad jokes. Dog cat, my wife. Which is also a different category. Dad jokes with a not dad. The dog groans and he doesn't even understand what I'm saying. (laughs) That's how bad they are. Cheers. Cheers to that. Salute. Ah, Sweeter than you. Hornitos. Cool. Oh, yeah. Jew again. So, Mecca. <laughs> so, Charles. Recount something a teacher, professor, or presenter once said to you that is burned into your mind. A professor or whom? Professor, teacher, presenter. Um, like, is there like a lesson that maybe you learned personally or that was... That said to me like about my personality or something like that? Uh, or something like, like words to live by? Make it your own. Like maybe you heard a, a particular quote that really spoke to you and it sort of stuck with you all these years or maybe something that was said to you personally. Mm. That, that... It's weird. You know, I, I, I don't know that this is really going to answer the question, but I just had this very vivid memory when you asked me that of mm. my grandmother who was a librarian and her best friend Mickey who was a teacher. And these women were very much like, I think, like kind of ahead of their time. Like these were women of the 70s and 80s who were like 19, you know, by the, they were adults in the 70s and 80s, but, in, you know, they were 1950s housewives and they like, they were really smart intellectual women who had to like raise kids and then they would go then they went off and had careers because they were so smart my grandmother was you know like an avid reader and her first job was in her 40s and she became a librarian and her best friend Mickey was a teacher and they would and they and they loved to drink and so um they would all and so I always think about like Mickey and my grandmother Janice and they would be in the kitchen and they would always be like, cooking wine, cooking wine. And they would always just be like topping off each other's <laughs> wine, like cooking wine, cooking wine. They're like, these women were just like, 
I mean, I don't know. I guess, that, I mean, she, they begat me. So, you know, um, women who love to read books and drink wine. So that's what, like, I don't know. For some reason, that just, like, popped in my head. And I know that doesn't answer the question. But mm-hmm. thank you for that beautiful memory of Very my grandmother animal. and her bestie. Like that's, yeah. yeah. That's what you so. Yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah. That's wonderful. So read, read, and, read and drink. Read a lot. Drink a lot. Like, those are words to live, live by for me. Hell, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I'm doing it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> And honestly, yeah, that's a that's a great life. Yeah. I I always I don't know if you had this feeling when you were growing up. I think you and I have talked about this once before, but you know, one of the joys of being like older than a child but not yet like a teenager adult is when you start to watch movies about the life that you're about to have. Mm. You know, like movies starring people who are 19 to 20 to 25, and I remember like <clears throat> watching the movie Singles or Reality Bites. And thinking that that was how, like, everybody's exactly 20s that. were going to be. And, like, that's right. what you had to look forward to. And then you got there and you looked around and you're like, wait, what the fuck was that? Why was I listening to any of that? Like, those people are all miserable and I don't want that life. It's humans like that that step in and just give you, like, some really true advice about that's how to be happy. And I think that's a pretty goddamn good way to live yeah, your life. Yeah, they were cool ladies. I was very lucky. I mean, they really set me up. Like, you know, like, just like everyone, you know, strange family dynamics and nobody's upbringing is perfect. But I, I think of my grandmother in particular and her, she had a really deep network of women. And you guys will like this. They used to call themselves the Dobbs and that was dirty old broads. Mm-hmm. And they love to, I mean, and again, these are really bright women, but you know, they love to drink, smoke and gamble. That's mm-hmm. what they like to do. And they played, they would sit, you know, they would sit up and, and do in, in the cribbage board or, or go to the casino or whatever. And, um, those women really were like my role models. And so now my friends and I have, um, it started out, we would, we kept for, we were calling it the, the ladies dining club. And I was like, nobody here is a lady. Like we have to fix this. <laughs> And um, my friend was like, dining, dining, vagining. This is the vagining club. There it is. So now my girls and I are the vaginers. We have the vagining club. So every month we choose some sort of a theme. It could be anything from like, sometimes we do something very like erudite, like, you know, Mediterranean or whatever. And sometimes it's just like stoner food. And like we cook our asses off and we get together and we get fucked up and we smoke and we drink and we eat. And it is like the highlight of my life. And so I think of like my grandmother planting that seed with her dobs. So I think she would be really proud of of me and me and my vaginers. Uh, (laughs) My mother is an incredibly independent and, and fierce woman who spent most of her life raising me by herself. And uh, she had, obviously, in the mid-'80s in politics, she had to figure out her tribe. Mm-hmm. And so she has two groups of women who everyone that is still around, they still get together and they hang out. And it was the Pinks, <laughs> and then it was the Pot Douche Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and yes. they had... Originally, they would all hang out and smoke and drink, and then one by one, everybody quit smoking, and then they would just get together and drink, and then it was talking about kids, and now now they're back around on, like, let's just hang out and have a couple cocktails, and my mom drinks what she calls gimlets that are just vodka with uh, fresh-pressed lime juice in it, and it's it's awesome. Like, all of these women were were huge looming figures in my world, and I love that they all still hang out. I mean, it's maybe once a year, but they still get together, and they still hang out, you know, 40-plus years on. And it's like when you find yeah. your tribe. Yeah, for sure. Tribe, for sure. <laughs> That's absolutely it. For sure. The Great positive examples of, of socializing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, for that question, mm-hmm. uh, I've actually talked about the, the first things that popped into my brain where I, I've, I've talked about on this podcast before. And uh, 
it's, it's kind of a part of the impetus for this was that you bring up educators an awful yeah, lot. I do. I don't have a lot of it, highly personal experiences with educators, but I know you do. So I, I do. Curious to hear um, your take on this. Yeah, the if I want to talk about an educator, I'll give a shout out to Vera, Vera Icarius Kelly, who loved me in my debate skills so much in college that she asked me slash bribed me to come into her other classes as a visiting student just to debate other people because I really didn't give a shit and I wanted to see what would happen. And that, you know, that kind of stuff, it gives a young adult who doesn't quite know his footing, it gives him a little bit of confidence to move forward and then maybe the next thing isn't so hard and I go like that. Um, but really, I think, I think the thing that I think about the most mm-hmm. um, was uh, when I was living in Norway, there were um, a few concentration camps from World War II that were stationed in Norway and they would bring all of the Eastern European political prisoners there because nobody would be able to find them in, in Norway. It was too hard to, to get as many Jewish people as they wanted to up there. So they were keeping the concentration camps in Germany and Austria and Poland full there. And so they were bringing political prisoners uh, up to uh, central and northern Norway. And I went to one of the concentration camps. And this, the scale is nowhere near what you'd see in, in mainland Europe, in sort of the area that the Third Reich was covering. But uh, over, over 1,000 people died in that concentration camp. And um, it's in the middle of, I mean, it's near a smaller city, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So there's not a lot of tourists. And I got to go there, and I was talking to the guide, and he was showing us everything, and he was talking about all this stuff. And um, <clears throat> they had a lot of the prisoners had kind of figured out, because they all spoke similar languages, they had figured out that, you know, when they would march three people out and dig graves, shoot two of them, and then the third guy would have to cover the graves, and they'd walk them back, they would write what direction they thought they were going and how many paces it was. And it was only through all of those carvings on the wall of the cells that they found a lot of the bodies. And they've been able to recover them and then find their families and try and get remains back. It was an amazing... I have never had a tour guide spend that much time with us. And it was you know, plus two hours, right? We got done and I just asked him, like, I, I'm floored. Like, how, how do you know so much about all this area? And we went outside and he points and he's like, that's my farm. And he's like, I was a little kid and the fence went right up to it. And I would go and like try and sneak whatever food I could to people. And there was one guy he got to be friends with and they sort of taught each other a little bit because he was Russian and this dude's Norwegian. Obviously there's no Duolingo or, or Babel. So they're trying to teach each other a couple words and they got names and a few nouns down. And uh, when the camp was liberated, uh, when they were marching out, he ran out with his mom and they were waving at everybody. And uh, the guy had somehow smuggled in a little piece of jewelry and he gave it to him and he just said, keep this. And then boom, he was gone and he held it up and he was, he still has it. And he mm. said, every day I look at this and I wake up and I ask myself like, what are you going to do today? Like, this is it. What are you going to do? Wow. And you know, he was trembly and he was teary and it just like I was I was 20 and it just like rattles you to your core to have something again like we were talking about earlier that seems like it's so far in in the distance and here is this not old man but older gentleman who grew up right here who's literally telling us a story about his interaction with the prisoners in a concentration camp and that by and large I I have to have thought about that moment more than just about anything anyone has ever said to Mm. me sure because it was just so shaking. Now, I fall short of that 
99% of the time. <laughs> you know, I haven't done anything like smuggling someone in a concentration camp food so they stay alive. But it's a reminder that every day you can do something small mm. that could change something else down the road. And that's whenever I just feel really tired or I don't want to go to an event or I don't want to host a thing. That's what I try and tell myself because chances are it's going to make something better for somebody mm. else. And that's what I got the fortunate life. I'm, I'm on the other side of the, the, the prison wall, you know? Yeah. So if I, if that's the life that I have, then I got to figure out what I can do. Show you right. Yep. Yeah. And I love it. just Beautiful. making the most of, Every day. So to Bernd outside of Lavanger, wherever you may be, I'm, I'm hoping you're retired by now because you would be very old at this point. But uh, thanks for changing somebody's life. Wow, that's beautiful. I feel like we should drink now even though I'm not done yet. But <laughs> let's drink let's now. Let's skip ahead. Let's right. drink ahead. now. Because yeah. we can. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, I have lots of sayings and phrases that I live by. It's the the creative director in me. Multi-models. Uh, sort of to speak to what you were just saying, like one of my mantras is stop saying tomorrow. Um, that's something that I live by. You know, if like you're putting something off, then you can just remind yourself of that. Stop saying tomorrow. Like, yeah. Just do it now. Today's the day. Uh, another mantra I live by was a presenter. It was a, the head brewer from Quack was giving a presentation at Better Beer Society it's like seven years ago, perhaps, and I brought this up on the program before, but something that he said is very burnt into my mind because it has a lot of applications to my professional life and my personal life. And it's, uh, he said, um, you learn and you learn and you learn and then you die. And that for me is very moving. Uh, it's applicable to so many things mm-hmm. in our lives, including uh, our professional uh, pursuits. So I try to bear that in mind in my own vocations, whatever it is that I'm doing, including my day job as creative director and all the things that I do on the side. You'll never know everything, and the second that you think you do, you're going to fall behind because you have now handicapped yourself Fact. Um, by thinking that you have it all figured out. Yeah. And it... I've recognized that in employees in the past or when you're interviewing someone and they're wondering why they don't have your chair. (laughs) If I don't know everything, how do you think you know everything, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who's just graduated from college. Uh, So that's also something that, you know, I don't say I use it to to judge other individuals, but in in professional pursuits particularly, someone's like, I got it all figured out. It's over. The the game is won. Uh, That's, for me, that's a, a, a negative quality and I, I prefer to uh, not just professionally associate, but personally associate with people who are like hungry for knowledge. Like, there's so much we don't know. Every day I learn something and I make, an, I make a point of that, that every day I learn something that I didn't know before that day. And then admitting it as well, because humans, I don't know if it's like strictly American, but humans don't like to admit when they didn't know something, but say that you don't know a thing. If someone tells you about something that you didn't know, cause you stand to learn a lot more. Fuck yeah. Then you would, if you just say, Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I, saw, I saw that movie. Sure. Yeah. 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 You know, or like oh, I read that book. No, say, I don't know because now you might learn something about it. That makes you want to seek out more knowledge in that particular area. Dear Scott Johnson, I never finished Absalom, Absalom. And I totally lied to you about that. And I'm very sorry. <laughs> Libations for everyone confessions. Uh, 21 years ago. I'm sure you're still thinking about it. <laughs> confessions for everyone. 
<laughs> seared into my brain. I we've all, like, we've oh. all done it. I, I think probably a decade ago, I made a promise to myself to just stop doing that. I don't know why humans do that. Like most people you don't are like, like Tom. yeah, yeah, I've heard of that guy. I know that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I think that comes with with being an adult, though, or like mm. the confidence of being an yep. adult, where you're like, I know stuff. I just don't know everything. Right. And like, I think one of, like for me, I mean, one of the things that like being like a being a, a food critic, you know, like you like when you first start out, you're you sit down and you're expected to know all these terms and stuff, and over time, you, you know, they sink in. And you know, and now I'm like, if I see some shit on a menu and I don't know what it means, I'm just gonna be like, yo, what is this shit? I've never seen this before. I'm not gonna like get out my food lover's dictionary or like mm. Google it or whatever. Like I've never seen that. What is yeah. that? And you know, and and sometimes and sometimes it's something weird that they're just trying to sneak through so they can seem like high sedity or something like that. I'm like, that's not even right. And sometimes it is. Maybe you learn something, but yeah, like I just think that comes with like the like the relaxation of getting older, and like it takes a lot more to embarrass me than it used to too so like For just sure. being able to be like yeah whatever like yeah i don't know that don't know that also don't care like oh maybe that's interesting maybe it's also not interesting so yeah i i, I <laughs> totally agree with you and i also i also think it's like an extension of of getting past like for me uh, I, I can't speak for anyone else in the room, but for me, it's it's like getting past the toxic part of like the masculinity that I was raised mm. under. Where to me, it was all folded under that you're showing weakness, and if you show weakness, then the bullies can come after you, and if the bullies come after you, then they won't stop mm. until you know they get bored or yeah. you have to fight back. So it was a way of like like passing through. But what you're afraid of is like one thing that maybe could happen and yeah. then the more you grow and the more you learn is like well that's that's not going to happen nobody's going to see that as weakness because nobody else at this table knows what the fuck that is either right and if you <laughs> right. if you just are like oh instead I'm the confident one that will straight up say hey um, what is rocket and they're like oh no that's just British for arugula and you're right. like oh fuck and the whole Wait, table's what? like god I'm so glad you asked yeah and now I want to call Aubergine. it rocket all the time because what do you got in the salad I got fucking rockets on this shit yeah. that's amazing and that sounds way better than arugula <laughs> it sounds so cool and it's not right. that cool it's yes. good but just rocket guys just, just, but, just but fucking rocket like let's, let's be real about that I mean, it is pretty spicy <laughs> so, so spicy <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the older that you get, the more you learn that the stakes aren't anywhere near as high enough or as high as you think they right. are for quote unquote failure. Right. You know, like asking somebody out and getting turned down is right. like life or death when you're in junior high, high school. But then you're like, hey, you want to hang out? No. All right. Well, whatever. Well, and there's also the whole like Brene Brown thing of like there's no courage without vulnerability. Absolutely. So like yeah. if you can't like let, let, you know, let your soft underbelly show, then you're not courageous. Yeah. Plus then like good things can come when you also it can happen. when you open up your sensitive areas it can be happiness yes. can happen too sometimes <laughs> that, that's the moral of the quote like having the vulnerability to admit what you don't know because then you'll learn something which is of, way better pretending you know something means you're never going to learn the, the true answer yeah. yep. when you yeah when you look at a menu and it has a, a funny name for something that's very like pedestrian and ordinary and you're like I gotta look it up because I don't know and Marnie always says this she's like Charles what is that and I'm like if I, I feel I do feel embarrassed if I don't know what something is on a menu because I go to such lengths of like understanding everything that you would see on a menu. But if I don't know, I bust out the phone. Let's find out. <laughs> you can't just say I. And then yeah, you find or, out like. Or else you oh, have that horrible moment where you ask the server, and they're and then the server is like, like oftentimes they don't know. Yeah. And then they have to go to the and they have to go to the chef, and you're just like, oh my god, fuck my life. Just bring yeah. another glass of wine. Never yep. mind. Don't you prefer that too? <laughs> however, when no, I don't like it when they have to go ask the chef because but when it's they admit like, they don't know. 
they do, but I'm also just sometimes. I mean, just to be a little bit judgy. I'm like, but why don't you? Why know? don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's depending on where I am. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. A thing. Why don't you know? At this specific time in history, now it's fine. It's very yeah. Now well, it's, it's fine. Uh, temporary reprieve. You temporary want me to buy reprieve. this shit? And you don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was somewhere a couple of weeks ago where uh, Marnie was asking about this sparkling, this Italian sparkling wine that we were gonna get a bottle of either way. But she was just making like conversation with the waitress and asked her, like, can, can you tell me about it? And she was basically like, nope. Nope. <laughs> I'll go inside and ask. And then I was like, no, no, we're, we're, we're going to get it anyway. We're right. ordering it either way. I'll tell you about it in 10 minutes, maybe. Like, I, I, It's also... <laughs> I'll tell you about it. <laughs> but the flip side of it is when you are when you actually end up asking like a kind of quote-unquote dumb question, isn't it like more fun that way, too? Like I, I convinced Jenny to sit through a season of The Great British Baking Show with me. Okay. Uh, I have burned... I burned through all the cooking shows. But uh, she actually went through a, a season with me. And um, they're so nice to each other. Everybody cheers for each That's other. What I hear. That's why everybody loves it. So I much. love it. Yeah. Everyone's kind. They I've never watched right. it. They don't look for any yeah. snark. They don't make them all live together. Yeah. And then they get like cameras going on on the helping inside. Like yeah, they helping get each other carry the cake. They get to go home to their own homes and shit. <laughs> yeah. They did recorded on the weekends. Yeah, it's wonderful. Like, it's oh, wonderful. Uh, but um, uh, Paul Hollywood was walking around and. He walked up, and there was uh, a woman of Indian descent who was cooking um, a curry, and then she was uh, she was baking something, and they they didn't show it on camera, and like you see him look in the oven, and he's like, "Oh, and what's in there?" And she's like, "Oh, it's pitta bread." He's like, "Oh, I love pitta bread." And then they walked away, and Jenny and I were like, "What the fuck is pitta bread?" So we look at it's oh, fuck, it's pita bread. bread, and you do a very good British accent, bread. probably from watching the show. <laughs> and we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. But I knew what was pita bread. What I, would, I thought <laughs> you said bitter bread, which sounds like some British shit, anyway. Well, and that's where honestly, that's where that's where I th- I heard I heard pitta bread. <laughs> Like like pitter patter like it's something small for the children and I like I thought oh, it was yeah. so fucking funny and Jenny was laughing hysterically next to me like that's why it's okay. it's great when you admit that you don't know anything because sometimes it can just be that dumb yeah also no. being being part deaf I miss hear things all the time and my favorite game is trying to figure out what somebody said because what I will hear is no way correct so then I have to go like what rhymes with that phrase that they could have possibly uh, said yeah and sometimes sometimes I'll get there and then sometimes I literally will just like raise my hand in the kitchen and Jenny will be like what and I'm like okay what did you just say because I heard jelly bean dildo juggle and she's like that sounds fun I'm like and I'm down I mean I don't I don't know exactly what that entails but like I'm open strange cocktail <laughs> yeah and she's like no Millie walked through a really deep puddle and I'm like okay well sorry I was facing the wrong way wrong ear was facing you that was which what doesn't I sound anywhere nearly as no fun. not as fun it's like translating autocorrect which we all innately do now you know people will correct themselves I'm like no man I got it I got it <laughs> yeah I figured it out I know you're fucking four words but I just got yeah I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's still never ducking. Somebody said in in like in the pandemic, like the best thing that Apple could do was like just take away the ducking in autocorrect. Like we know what we're all trying to say. Like stop it with the ducking. I I, I, <laughs> I changed will, my like, I changed my synapse so that it always says fuck instead of duck. But if I'm typing picking duck, it's like fuck fuck fuck. fuck. <laughs> Before I click the little X, I'm like God damn it. Taking duck. Well, recently a lot because I was I was going to Chicago. This, 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 How recently? This the only reason the only reason. I was going to go to San Juan, Chicago, and they were closed because they were out of town, like on vacation. Fine. So I was texting, I was texting Peter Bian. I was I texting Peter. Yes, yes. I kept trying to say Peking Duck. And he goes, 
Peking fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I'm so tired of having to change Peking duck. Oh, my God. That's wonderful. Peking fuck's better. <laughs> also, be like, I understand. I got it, I got it. Also, my brain immediately went to uh, clerks with the Russian guy, like, would you like to Peking fuck berserker? God, I haven't heard a clerks reference in a minute. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Peking. Peking. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I, I feel always, like that's like an album. That's like an album name or like a band. No, album. I would buy that record. Album. I, if yeah. even if I didn't know the band, sure. I would buy Peking Fuck. I feel like that's I can always see band. the yeah. image. I can already that's see the image. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I want to make that the episode name, but. Yeah. Uh, Why we not? Like I, I don't know if Apple's going to be like, oh, the title has a swear word. See? Uh, well, right. They're the people who bring you ducking. Yeah, it's their fault. Which is hardly even a word fault. that anybody says. Oh, man. Right. I do. Tim uh, Cook, get on the phone, man. I got, I got some shit to say to you. Hey, <laughs> Tim. You picking fuck? Uh, Can I call him that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds kind of a little Yeah, different. I feel like it's <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I Mecca, I, do that. I will send it to you after this. Um, I uh, ye- Two years ago at the State Fair... Uh, I won a very large uh, duck. Of course you did, yeah. And uh, I don't think it was meant to, but it had kind of like a... It was like halfway between a flat expression and like a kind of annoyed expression. And I had it on my shoulders. And I was like, hey, take a picture real quick. And a friend of mine had the camera. And I was like, knock if you duck! And I gave like a hardcore face. (laughs) And I looked at it. I'm like, oh... Every time my phone accidentally says duck or ducking instead of fuck or fucking, I'm just going to send this picture right afterwards so they know that I'm serious about ducking. It has been, it has not gotten old in two years now. It is still so fun to send because it'll be like, ha, ha, you mean fuck? And then you get the, the angry duck picture. <laughs> like, dude. That's some deep cuts, too. I, that's so much work. I don't think I can do that. Oh, I'm all about the long game. <laughs> and plus, like, like, how does that work with sexting? But anyways, it's fine. Oh, yeah. You don't want to involve a stuffed duck in texting. Or sexting is not the way to go. <laughs> no, that's a yeah different term it's altogether. Another, it's another category. It's fine. Oh, uh, I feel like we do. We, so do we do another round right now? I think. We what should. do you mean? Alcohols? Because isn't that the, wasn't that we took one and then you answered and then we tangented. One alcohol, please. Tangent sized. One alcohol. I know. I'm, oh, you okay. have some. I'm looking down at this. I'm realizing that I've already drank a half a bottle of this. I did sneak some of that. Okay. So oh, that's okay. not so all you. Okay. Yeah. So I gave myself like a, a solid four ounce pour, and I'm probably going to come in a little more. Okay. Bartenders uh, aren't sick of me saying that yet. Eventually, they're going to be like, Charles, shut up, please. Knock if you duck. One alcohol, please. Knock if you duck. Peking duck you. Oh, yeah. I got mad respect for y'all right now. Like, these are tequila shots? Yeah, we are. Right? We poured a little one-ounce one ounce boys. Shit. I mean, basically, this comes down to, like, two old fashions okay, in a two-hour show. All right, I'll allow it. Two, yeah. I mean, parlor either way, fashions. still mad respect. parlor real fat, yeah. And we usually do bonus shots. Actually, our last recording, we drank a comical amount of alcohol. We did. He's keeping it honest. Why, He's like, and we usually do, do bonus shots. Yeah, keep it why honest. We, the, why did we do that? I'm not the alcohol police. So yeah, that, the last show, we just kind of kept going. We just, we actually, we were like, ah, we got these two bottles that are partially full. Let's just finish Let's them. Let's finish them. Well, otherwise, it's, what's the point? I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> that's the <laughs> uh, I'm so glad, by the way, that uh, in our last uh, topic, you referenced uh, stoner food, because I feel like this was sort of the inspiration for this. But uh, Mecca, is there a secret food combo 
that you love? Like something that maybe people think you're crazy, no. people think it's gross, or oh, just yes. or something that you just want to preach to everyone that they one. need to understand that it's delicious. I got it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, like with food, with most things in my life, I don't believe in, in guilty pleasures. So, like, go for what you know. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Um, I will eat anything. You know, people are like, oh, this is, well, okay. So, actually, actually, this is interesting. Because that's how the, the Vagining Club sort of started. So, we, so we called it um, Bachelor Food. Our first Vagining Club was Bachelor Food. Bachelor Food being the thing that you only eat when you're alone. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, what do you eat when you get home drunk and you take your pants off and like you don't do it in front of other people close the blinds sometimes i call it no pants nachos that's one but the one i want to preach is um and people always like turn their nose up and they wrinkle their nose and i'm just like just stop and think about it before you get like that so peanut butter toast but you got to put hot sauce on it and the Whoa. reason why is because peanut butter is too cloying, it's too rich, it's too sweet. Sure. But if you put some Tabasco on that shit, now you've got like a peanut sauce. Yeah. And now it's delicious, and now it's savory, and it's not a sweet thing. Quam, is this a problem for you? Because no. you don't like to put hot sauce hot on Hot sauce. I'm in there. Is that like in the middle? Your peanut this butter toast. Me, yeah. It's so good, and it's the only way I'll eat this it. This 100% works. And I people, like everything more And people are always like, oh spicy. my God, no. And I'm like, if you were yeah, thinking yeah. if you were thinking right now, you wouldn't be doing that. I also me. don't think about peanut butter as a dessert. I don't like spicy desserts. I don't think of peanut no, butter this as is like being like for breakfast or lunch sweet. or something. Yeah. Like, I don't think of peanut butter being necessarily sweet on its own. I guess it depends on what peanut butter you have. Even if you like Skippy or Jiffy, you know, yeah. I'm talking about like like a standard everyday Process. peanut butter. Yeah, when I was a kid yeah. though, I would do like uh, peanut butter and honey, and then sometimes with banana on it. Now there's hot honey everywhere. Oh, hot honey! You could do that, and it would be a similar. Like I like everything. I like every food more if it's spicy. Literally, oh, yeah. like except yeah. for. Things that are sacred, like was, Lebanese food, you can't really make, you know, you can't make, like, tabbouleh spicy. That'd be fucking stupid. But there are pretty much everything. No, you can't. Don't, don't do that. If you make tabbouleh spicy, we're canceling the podcast. Can you put, but can you put, is it, are you allowed to put hot sauce on it? No. What if I put? What it's if just I, like such a pure fresh. I suppose because like, the whole I, point of it is to mix to cool it down, like to make parsley. It, what if I put? It's like so simple. It'd be weird. Okay. What if I put cracked it, pepper in tomb? <laughs> What's that? What if I put cracked pepper in tomb? Because that's like basically just a shitload of like. Tomb's already spicy because it's literally just garlic. Right, but then if you added like another like depth of capsaicin into that. No? Okay. I don't, all right, I'm just trying to figure out. Where, there's, there's only a few things, but because I would I associate think, tomb with, I would associate that with Lebanese food. I had to think about this pretty. No, I didn't say any Lebanese food. Oh. But you know, like when we had this, because the topic came up previously, where I said, "Is every food better if it's spicy?" For me, the answer is yes, ninety nine percent yes. But there are exceptions. I had to think really hard about it, and Tabuli was one of them. That's I was fine. Like, yeah, I don't want spicy would... birthday cake. I don't want spicy jello. I don't want spicy vanilla ice cream. Like spicy Caesar salad. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I like spicy. I, put, I grill you Caesar salad, and then I put Benazito has like a gochujang uh, chocolate thing. I am going there for that because I don't believe that it's that good, but I'm okay. going to try it. You're going to just spike it? Yep. I knew it! <laughs> Yeah, just throw it right. on the window. I didn't and watch believe it. it Fuck this. <laughs> just flip the table. <laughs> okay, I like that. So the hot sauce yeah, hot with the and peanut I, butter I'm, toast. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an evangelist about this. I won't. I don't even want to look at a peanut butter toast if it doesn't have some Tabasco on that shit. All right. Have you done it with like a sriracha or like a sambal olek? Fuck sriracha. Okay. 
Got it. Thank you. Semba, Olek fall in the same category? You know what? I'm a diehard Tabasco girl. That's because all right. the way I see it is really, you are after spicy, but you, what you're really also after is acid. Mm. All American food lacks acid. Correct. And, you know, if you go to Mexico, they always serve your shit with a wedge of lime for good reason. Because mm. you need to put acid on it. So for me, like, Tabasco serves that purpose. And so mm-hmm. I can't really eat food anymore unless I have that acid quality to it and spicy right but like yeah like sriracha and a lot of that stuff that just like it changes the flavor of the food and I think Tabasco always knew what it was doing you want a little heat you want a little acid you want a little salt just to like Mm -hmm. like kick it up and like I feel like you know like Tabasco is kind of like you know the redhead stepchild of like the for some reason an American got left behind yeah and it's like why like they always had the formula right and it's like what's some of the reasons why I tried to move to New Orleans I'm like there's a bottle of Tabasco on every table it's also one of the reasons why I don't believe that it was a white guy that created Tabasco Mm, probably I mean probably didn't. There's no way. I mean, like, if you listen to the honest, story, like I never created anything. It's just white people creating everything, well, and then like, white people being like, "That's you, mine now." Have you ever read their story, like <laughs> the, their public facing story? So no. It's, no. So it's uh, and also I'll admit, I just want to get this on record. I I used to eat lots of Tabasco. I haven't touched Tabasco in a very long time. I think it's, I'm too adventurous with hot sauce. Go back to it. Ooh. It's the gold standard. I used to put in all, all my eggs anytime yep. I had breakfast. Tabasco, Tabasco. Do it again. Is, Tabasco is pizza and eggs for me. Pizza yeah. and Tabasco yeah, right. made in heaven. Yeah, I used to do that always. Now I'm just too adventurous. I got a whole fucking well, shelf. Yeah, in the adventurous. Schmaventurous. Sh- sh- like what hot sauce beats it though? I make my own hot sauce, and that's what I use oh, okay. mostly. Well, you, your mom's hummus, and your your hot sauce. What? I mean, y'all, y'all are what a high sedity as fuck. What a ducker. <laughs> 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 you ducking duck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so their their public facing story is uh, somewhere around Civil War times. Sure, um, sounds about right. The guy. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, the guy that. <laughs> here we go. He owned like a whole bunch of like. Slaves. The, the, no, 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 just kidding. Yeah, yeah. The slurry <laughs> islands in the delta, right? And what his idea was is that he was going to use brackish water and the close seawater to start a like a salt manufacturing company, and then he could corner the market for salts in the south, because obviously like transit lines have been disrupted and all that kind of shit. Well, nobody wanted to buy it. It wasn't great salts. There was myriad reasons it wasn't working, and he didn't know what to. Do. He had all the salt left over. He didn't know what to do. They also had all of these peppers growing everywhere. And so they basically did salt, vinegar, and peppers and just left it in barrels. And then it got, like, left on the island for two or three years. And then came back and was like, it's hot sauce. And then they just, like, released it everywhere. And old man Tabasco head is, like, it's, there's no. Every... Is that your antebellum South <laughs> yeah. accent? Uh, well, I, I, I was waiting I for it to settle out. Like, where is this going? I dare say that I was probably envisioning a man in a white linen suit with a short tie sitting on a fat belly and got some sort of sweaty stack of pancakes looking jowls <laughs> drifting down and big thick sunglasses so he couldn't see what she was looking at. Like that. Some foghorn leg <laughs> Well, actually, there. I mean, so I also enjoy... Um, Crybaby Craig's our local mm-hmm. Crybaby Craig's, sure. and that's pretty much his story. I just mm-hmm. got some. I just left my peppers too long, and they fermented, yep. and so now I have a hot sauce brand. There you go. <laughs> so it just good seems, on him. It just seems a little bit more given. No. Given <laughs> what, no one wanted to buy his salt either. <laughs> given what other what <laughs> other condiments salt. were involved at the time, I just can't believe. That it was that dude, like the picture that they show him. There's no fucking way it was that guy. White people didn't invent hot sauce ever, so no. we can just go ahead and say that's a bullshit okay. story. I'm googling so Tabasco guy. Mm-hmm. 
but I, but I still enjoy it. It's fine. There's so much, so ooh, much I can worry about. Follow up question: Are you a purist with just the original red? Found him. Tabasco. Guy. I mean, <laughs> Tabasco guy. I found him. Guy Fury standing on someone's <laughs> chest like you do. Flavor Town established in, in the Delta <laughs> of New Orleans, right. circa 1863. I mean, I'll wow. eat the other ones, but like again, I'm, but I am a purist. You know, like my favorite ice cream flavor is um, vanilla. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I really, yes, I am a purist. Vanilla so, bean like, or just vanilla? Vanilla bean, if I can there get you it. Okay. You know, so yeah, like you don't. Have to, I mean, I think you know the, the the simplest things are the easiest to fuck up mm-hmm. and just get it right the first time. Simpler the better, and then that's what life is all about. I love that, and I, honestly, I'm excited for tomorrow morning because I'm going to make myself some fucking hot ass peanut butter yeah, toast. Thank you. Yes, uh, you're welcome, Mister Charles. <laughs> uh, I think my answer. You know, we make these questions and answers our own. Uh, I like to make custom mashups when I'm at like. So every summer, you go to at least one barbecue. For me, once annually, I go to a barbecue where there's dad burgers. You know, like a dad is making the preformed patties that are too lean and chars the bejesus out of them and they're dry and nasty. There's like guac on the table, I'll like swipe some guac, and then everyone behind me that's coming down the procession line is like, ooh, good call. I don't want to choke to death today. So I always like to do mix ups like that. Marnie always knows I'm up to something when I say, that's the move. That's the move. <laughs> but like when you order food, so I'll take. I'll take like I'll take fries and then dip them in the leche de tigre from a ceviche, so it's like a, mm. a like a gazpacho version of uh, mules frites. Yeah, Just, you, that like, sounds I like see, that should be on a menu right now. Absolutely, yeah. that should be on a menu. Ceviche right now. with fries? Why not? Yeah. Why can't we do that? But I always or like salt and vinegar potato chips. Come on, that's my favorite thing in the whole world. I'm Ooh, off of it right now because I need to lose my COVID weight. So don't talk about it, please. I'm mm. off the chips. <laughs> Yep. Like, I look at them in the grocery store and I have to, like, oh, I'll, like, stop so and pause there and look you go, and that like, acid. Miss you, love you. Do they make spicy they make all chips? The, they make a bunch of different stuff, but, the again, pure, the purest. Like, just, just get the straight up shit. But do uh, they make a, if they made a spicy salt and vinegar chip, someone does. I feel like you're someone jumping the shark it. just a little bit, though. I mean, you could oh, do I it, it. I but it, it just works. It's like tabbouleh. It just works how it is. One of the few things. A little Tabasco on it? Okay. But I will eat Fair. salt and vinegar chips for like dinner, like uh, a whole yeah, bag of I love it. Them. Yeah, the super crunchy ones. Yeah, like the, the super, kettle cooked ones. The kettle ones. ones yeah, that's right. If I know you've got that, I can if, just like burst it. If if you have a bag of salt and vinegar chips at home, and if I do, I you do have not. if you have a silo shaker of Crybaby Craig's cheesy pow pow, ooh, which is atomized cheddar cheese I mixed know, I know with it. Those two <laughs> things together are <gasps> fucking Interesting. delightful. Interesting. Okay, one more thing. The, I could do that. I can do that. Salsa vinegar chips dipped in Greek yogurt. Oh yeah, it's Ooh. basically healthy and good for you. Tangs on. Yeah, the yogurt it, makes the chip healthy. Now it's a meal. Yep. And I'm yeah, but I'm still off of it because I need to lose that COVID weight. Tang on, tang on, tang on, tang. You want to know one of my like super lazy party things that I do? Because I, I almost never do that. I usually go like way extra. Ramen dip. Yep. You yeah, with the ramen, ramen powder. Yeah, yeah right so into sad. the sour cream. It works. And people are always like, what is this yeah, magical like, treat? Yeah, like, my God, that's so good. Yeah, it's the stupid <laughs> that's a ramen David Chang powder thing, y'all. That's, that's, some, that's some lucky peach shit. No, I didn't come up with it. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, probably where it came from. Yeah. No, I didn't come up with it, but I started doing yeah. it a while yeah, ago. Yeah, just yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying David Chang doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he, I mean, he tries to I mean, microwave sometimes he doesn't. a lot of stuff now, which confuses the fuck out of me. I mean, he's David Chang. I mean, he's problematic, but also can be good. 
true. Yes. <laughs> That's literally what I aspire to be. <laughs> Still problematic, but tries to be me, good. Right? Me too. <laughs> exactly. At least you know who he is. Yeah. Right? yeah so th- that would be my answer is, you know, I just like to, like I see two plates of things and I'm like, what a second. Yeah. can be brilliant. That's, I mean, that's most of, like, I don't want to call it shame food, but, like, once Jenny's gone to bed and I don't feel like cooking, that's when, like, oh, all my shit pops up. Because I'll look in the pantry, and then you look in the fridge, and then you look in the freezer, you're Get like, that okay, cheese what dust. do I got? Yeah. No pants nachos. It's a category. Like, it doesn't have to only be no pants nachos, but, like, it's its own category. Uh, do you ever be the Michael Jordan with the cheese dust? <laughs> Just like, <laughs> cheesy pow-pow! <laughs> uh, my eyes! Shout out to friend of the podcast and spouse of Ben Kwam, Jenny Kwam, who uh, announced to me that as I will be out of town next weekend, she is having a no pants nachos weekend <laughs> with me not being around. I'm t- I feel like me and Jenny need to be friends. Dude, for real. She the, like, is she going to get the Jenny Kwam special? She's No, well, I'm sure she will because she does every time I'm out of town. Which is? Which is a Domino's pizza with pepperoni, jalapenos, and pineapple. Oh, fuck yeah. That is the yeah. Ben is out of town. I am ordering this. Yeah. I do with Parkway. It's that's also a category. That pizza itself is also a category. So what Jenny will do is uh, she'll do one of our like carnitas or barbacoa recipes and then do like enough for like if we had a party and then just all weekend we'll do tacos, nachos, nachos, tacos, tacos, nachos. And it's fucking great. Love that song. Like you did like a little Pac-Man thing. I love that song. Tacos, nachos, tacos, nachos. I do. It's my favorite. That's that's a CC directly to Jenny. So yeah. I, I do have to give Pac love. Pac Woman. Miss Pac Woman. Pac Woman. Pac Woman. Why is it Pac Man and Miss Pac Man? Like, can it be Pac Woman? I also like that uh, they inferred that they were yeah, not married. That's confusing. Like, Miss Pac Woman was just, they fell in love, but she was still doing her but thing. But he was a Pac Man and she was Miss Pac Man. That's so yeah, sexist. I guess yeah, that why is. Why wasn't it Pac Woman? Why wasn't it Pac Woman? Hmm. I'm with you, Charles, on this. Huh. Why can't she be her own woman? She could be Miss Pac-Man. That's like Same calling example. up and being like, can I speak to Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Boss? But also that, Mr. He, that he wouldn't marry her because she's not Mrs. So she's a mistress who still had to take his name. We have a question. Are they related? <laughs> is, is, a this Pac-Man, a, is a Pac-Man a type of... A uh, is it a... Is it, yeah, it must be a creature. <laughs> the Pac-Man. Uh, the Pac-Man. The mysterious Pac-Man. <laughs> the Pac-Man and the Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, so my... <laughs> I wanted to throw this out there because uh, if anybody out there is listening and and things are like money's a little thin, uh, the thing that helped me survive uh, a good portion of my time living in Europe and a couple different times in my 20s where uh, it was paycheck to paycheck for sure was a simple combination of whatever the cheapest pasta is, uh, a healthy amount of Parmesan cheese, some cream of chicken or cream of mushroom soup and a can of tuna. Uh, mm. By weight, I have probably eaten that meal more than any other weight, any other meal on earth because I could get it at the time. I could get all of that stuff for about seven bucks. And, you know, you, the Parmesan would be more expensive, but it would last you longer. So each meal was about $7. Yes, Nordic Minnesotan is And then you right had, there. yeah, well, it's, dude, it's, hot dish, yeah, it's, right? it's, it's hot dish without something Pasta hot dish. Crust. So there's a lot of dairy in that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
uh, the tuna and the soup <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It's, but that was uh, that I throw was, some peas. I throw some peas in there. Oh, dude, I eat that peas, right now. Broccoli. There's all kinds of stuff you can do sure. later on. But that was for me. That was something that got me through a lot of really hard times. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, when I'm either feeling like wistfully nostalgic or I need to like check myself, I'll eat that again. Mm. And it still brings me an immense amount of joy, mm. but also an immense amount of em- memories mm-hmm. that kind of like just ground me a little bit and remind me of like, again, how not long ago that was mm-hmm. where I had to decide like, can I pay rent yeah. or, or eat can something. I eat? Yeah. And that was a negotiation that I could make where those that are, was the thing. Those are good meals. Though. And I still love yeah, it. it tastes good. It's like, it's the taste, it's a, I mean, it's uh, the cream of chicken, the sodium's through the roof. Tuna, right. same thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's salty, carby goodness. Mm-hmm. There's chemical reasons why your body could be okay with it. But it also just, it's a, a it's the quickest link that I have to a sure. different life that I don't have anymore. Yeah. And I do, I do love it still very much. Uh, I've, I think I've talked about movie popcorn and Junior Mints on the podcast before, but that's yep. also the other one that I want to yeah, again you chew them too long, which makes me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I want to evangelize Marnie everybody. Since, <laughs> I'm putting this on the record. Marnie has since admitted that she does that shit too. Yeah. Um, Prince, don't let me see it. Prince, Prince did it. So the cut, in, the snack the, cut, or the so so in the beautiful ones, Maite's book about yeah, Prince, which yeah, yeah. I kind of recommended. I thought it was sweet, and I did was, too. And it was also kind of a glimpse, and you know, to the relation, also like into Prince, and it's not all good times, but it's I think it's worth looking at if you're a Prince fan. And he said that, yeah, like um, she she says that when they went to the movie theater on one of their dates, like he would put the Junior Mints inside of the popcorn and mix it up. Yep. And she was like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you even doing? Like, I'm a ballerina. I can't do what any of this." Done? But like he like that was one of his jams. He was a sweet tooth. Prince, Mike Ditka, <laughs> my father Bob Quam, and me. That is now the list. That's it. That's it. That's the, please write write me message so, me let me know. Mount Rushmore <laughs> of all times. Wait, you Ditka Prince and who? <laughs> My dad. My dad. Okay. Wow, that's very confusing. Yeah. No, the funny part is the funny part is the Junior Mints and popcorn. Mount some, Rushmore. Somewhere between round three and round four of cancer for my father, my dad is no longer interested in popcorn. Mm. <laughs> now. <laughs> I, uh, saying this out loud is so weird because I've, I've never actually really thought about how odd this is. But he subbed out the popcorn. Now he still eats Junior Mints. Then he gets a cup of just ice. And he, Stop. He, he alternates between Junior Mints and just eating that an ice cream. That sounds so cool. So refreshing. It's, it's, I guess. Like turning it into ice cream. I don't know what's – you know, I've never really thought about it. One day he was just like, I'm not going to eat popcorn. And then he just asked the guy for a cup of ice. And it's always like, you know, the 14-year-old from The Simpsons with a crackly Peter Brady voice like, I don't know if I'm allowed to give out cups, sir. And he's like, look, there has to be like some sort of a clear plastic <laughs> cup. It can be 10 ounces. I don't give a shit. I just need some ice cubes. And he's never touched popcorn again? Nope. Huh. To this All day, right. every every now and then, when I have finished my portion of popcorn, which is the first 15 minutes of the movie, and then I don't go back to it. <laughs> it's what everybody does. Yeah. Uh, every now and then, he'll start looking around, and he'll be like, you want the popcorn? He's like, yeah. And he'll, I, I, I did actually. So my, since the last time we recorded, my dad and I have seen a movie. My dad eats popcorn the same way I do. So there's a portion of that where it's you fill the whole hand, and then you eat from the bottom up. <laughs> uh, it's such a dude thing, too. Such a dude. I, for a while, I wouldn't go to the movies because all I could hear was popcorn yep. crunching. It was fucking me oh, up. Yeah. And you know how I dealt with that? I became a popcorn eater. 
I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I see how fire, this is. Fire, fire. Yeah. My way through and it. now fire, I'm fire, about fire. it. I'm so about it, about it. The, the funny part about it was that we had had this. <laughs> <laughs> a guy ate a Subway sandwich at the IMAX one time, and I was literally going to fight him. Oh, no, that's what's up, though. <laughs> he was like, like wrinkle with it. But like, I'm, about the the Jimmy, I'm about the Jimmy John's, too. Yeah, like, I've recently discovered Jimmy. I'm a recently, like, Jimmy John's, like, acolyte. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can get into that. Just too. get rid of I brought one into the movie theater. I brought one into the Anthony Bourdain's. Okay. But, like, you open it, and that's the crinkling. Yeah. But everybody took it was like he smushed it in his hands just to let everybody know I got a sandwich you got I bet you wish you had a coca combo like sorry you don't have one have you ever speaking of sandwiches not in the kaiju movie so here's like if you you really wanted to get into some deep cut sandwich shit Oh, you have deep to go cuts to New Orleans. Is a great name for a sandwich you have shop. Deep cuts. You got to go to New Orleans, <laughs> and here's what you do. You guys probably already know this because you guys, you guys get it. But you got to go to Central Grocery and you get your muffaletta. But you got to get it. You got to go before your like the day before your the day of your flight or the day mm-hmm. before your flight, and mm-hmm. then you get your other muffaletta for the plane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you put it in your carry on. Stick it up. And you let it marinate because with mm-hmm. the muffaletta, the whole point is to let it marinate. Oh, that And then bread. when you're like halfway through your flight from New Orleans, you open up your muffaletta and like everybody near you is like, fuck my life. Yeah, where were like, you? Fuck. No, we they know. They're coming from New Orleans too. They we know where you back. came from. What no. you talking about, Charles? Listen, they know exactly what is going on and huh? they just like the envy <laughs> in their eyes and you're just like, you're the smartest person on the plane right now. All these people are uh, they're dabbing their drool like, off with their with their uh, oh, Cafe du Monde Beignet napkins. It's one of my favorite things of life. <laughs> Try it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, here we should uh, we should hit another shot and then. Uh... No, I just I just preempted you. Sorry. And so no. we shall. <laughs> I just did mine. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Wait, what are we on? Five. Yeah. Right, yep. Five. This is five. And we gotta we gotta. <laughs> We might have to go lightning round because Mecca, you do. What time is it? It's six thirty-eight. Oh wow, well, sorry. So we got, ten, uh, we got twenty-one more minutes. Boy, Twenty-two. Yeah, we got this. Let's go. Right. Lightning round. Time flies. This is fun. I love I love that you brought up uh, the beautiful ones because that mm. follows directly into this question. Okay, good. So, as one of the biggest Prince fans that I know in a social circle that has a lot of Prince mm. fans in it, if you could go back in time. Mm. And if you could relive a moment from Prince's history, whether you were there or not, like you could go back and Mm. see something that you saw just to have it one more time, Mm. or you could go back and see something that either you didn't get to see or you were too young to see or you weren't alive yet. Okay. Is there a thing that you would try to go to again? Okay. I have two answers. Mm -hmm. Takes no thinking whatsoever. One of them is very sweet and one of them is X-rated. I love both. Which one do you want first? Let's go sweet first. Sweet. We can build so up. this is a true story. So my mom was a really like a serious Prince groupie. This is so I come by Prince honestly. So my mom knew about Prince. Like my my mom knew about Prince before other people even around here knew about Prince. Like mm-hmm. she would carry around his music and be like, "You guys got to listen to this dude. He's gonna be super famous and whatever." My mom's a little bit different to begin with, so people would always be like, "Okay." But so my first concert was Purple Rain. My first concert what? was Purple Rain. Get the fuck out of here. My mom took me to Purple Rain when I was 12 years old at the Civic Center. Me and my Holy friend. Holy shit. And Prince played for six hours. And we played, it, like, we had, like, the first, like. Six hours? Six hours. I mean, costume changes the whole thing. Yeah, that's wild. And oh. we were, like, within the first, you know, five rows. My mom had, like, yeah. my mom, like, hooked it up. Like, we were, we were in front. Wow. So it was my first concert. 
And so, like, I was just fucking Sorry ruined for I ruined the music for the for rest, the rest of, your of my life. life. <laughs> and so I would go to concerts and be like, what the is this trash? Is this? What the duck like, is what this? Are you, what, the, what are you ducking doing? You know what I mean? Like, where's your costume changes? Like, bring your A game. Why aren't you guys and playing And you know, like, perfectly. in Purple Rainbow Prince has that, like, guitar that shoots, Ooh. like, um, water and shit. Ooh. We got, like, hit by the water. <laughs> we were, like, 12 years old, which is kind of dirty, you know, but whatever. It's fine. But it was, yeah, so that was my first concert. So could I, yeah, would I like to be, to go back to my 12-year-old self and, like, see that again? And he was at the height of his fame already because Purple yep. Rain was out, you know, and so we were, we, at, as 12 years old, 12-year-olds, we were already deep Prince fans, right? And we got to go to that. Um, the other one is, okay, so I read in um, one of, you know, when he passed, like, and I think, like, a lot of the women who were with Prince had to, like, sign, like, non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. and whatever. But then after, you know, some of that stuff started to unravel when he um, passed. And evidently there was a young woman who, um, she was a British model, and he flew her in here on her 18th birthday. And that's all I'm going to say. God damn. And she said it was well worth it. <laughs> so those are my those are my two. That is that is wonderful. <laughs> no, Charles, I feel like in this room you would be at the other end of the spectrum as uh, not a not a not fan, but you did not grow up uh, as in the in the Prince's Magic camp. Is there is there anything now looking back on it and kind of knowing the breadth of what his music legacy was left? Is there anything that you would be like, I gotta? So I, I've i always appreciated Prince and, and what he means to music culture and Minnesotan culture, but I was never uh, a follower of his. I didn't listen to his music. You know, it's... Uh, Prince music is background music for many of us. You're just in a restaurant, Prince music is playing. Uh, but I never, like, sang along or bobbed my head. Uh, I was invited to Paisley Park an awful lot by friends and never took them up on it. Would I go back and, and take them up on it? Certainly. Yeah, there were times where that was probably the better option between like doing that or like going to get drunk at Mazelax. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, it just seeing him would be uh, – I would appreciate that. Not like probably a lot of people would, but for someone who had <clears throat> never seen him uh, – just historically, I think it would be. It, it was one of those things where he he meant so much to Minnesota, but I always thought I was going to have a lot of opportunities to mm-hmm. see him someday. Yeah. And yeah, we uh, all thousands did that. of people, yeah, yeah including certainly, us. yeah. Though there's people who, yeah, there's people who like love him dearly, uh, of which I am not one of those people that probably are regretting the times that they passed up seeing him. I think those opportunities are probably better afforded to those individuals than they are to me, but. Yeah, it would be fantastic to see him because I think I have a more of appreciation for his content after he passed away, which is all too common with all forms yeah. of art. And especially now because, you know, Marnie loves Prince. I absolutely would have seen Prince with my wife mm-hmm. at some juncture uh, where he's still with us. And yeah, I guess some combination of those factors. Like, I wish I could see him with her. Yeah. Well, that's that's one hundred percent legit for sure. I met him at Target Center. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I told you. Like I, I love the fact that I, right before he died, I got Jenny out there for the first time. Yeah, it was, was like a great was life changing for us. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had because I didn't think there was like an end to it. And I, I just, mean, how isn't that your answer? Because yeah. it was an answer to another it's, question. It's not though, because yeah. it was that was something beautiful, and I, I would absolutely, if I could, I would love to have that moment back again. 
But um, in addition to having, you know, a, a few personal Prince stories, uh, I also have a few with Morris Day. And um, Morris Day told me a story years ago. <clears throat> well, not a story. Like, we were just kind of bullshitting back and forth. And he made a comment. And then years and years later, he was a guest on Questlove's podcast. And he brought the same thing back up and went way deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that was that uh, most of... of Morris Day at the time and everybody else were mad at Prince for choosing First Ave for Purple Rain Mm -hmm. because First Ave didn't give a fuck about black artists. And he's like, what everybody got in that movie was this idea that First Avenue is like this melting pot for everybody. And when he was talking to me about it, he said, it may be now, Mm -hmm. but I still don't fuck with that place. In his uh, story on Questlove's podcast, he goes like 20 minutes in just about how segregated Minneapolis is as a city. And First Avenue has been the home of so many of my favorite memories. And I would love to have seen the moment that that barrier got crossed. And if you look at, it was definitely, it still is rock heavy, period. But if you look at what happened after that and you start looking at like yearly calendars more and more black artists started being included in that. And I think to to just be able to be a fly in the wall and watch as like a watershed cultural moment happened, even though nobody understood how important that moment was, I think it would be really fucking cool. My mom was at that shit. Amazing. Yeah. And like the fashion that was in the yeah. room. I mean, there's there's oh, a bunch of other... That's one of the things too. Like, that's what I was telling my sister because we were doing like a YouTube retrospective of Prince, like live Prince because that's one of the things about Prince was like... Yes, the genius of the musicianship and everything, but like as a the live performer um, that he was was one of his major calling cards. Like to see him live was like spiritual, right? And but I was we were watching this all these YouTube things, and I was like, you know what? To my sister, I said, Prince has been doing this since he was a teenager, and he never ever looked like a narnar. Nope. He always looked fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like the makeup was always on point. The eyebrow arches was. He always had a great haircut. He always had. Dope clothes. And it was always before anybody I'm else. Like, how the hell can you look that fucking fly when you're like? Have you seen pictures of yourself when you're 18? Miserable. Like how? Mm-hmm. So I just, I was just like, and I was watching some of these, and I said to my sister, like, you know, and he was just up there, just looking like great, and I was just like, I just want like one minute of like being that great where it comes to talent, artistry, sex appeal, looks fashion like what must it feel like to get out of bed and just be like this is who i am but to be then for one minute i would like to feel that way but watch the movie again himself like that oh my god it's very overwhelming sometimes he he clearly knew himself yes like but to what made him so magnetic about this shit so so, uh, rest in peace bismarcky (laughs) oh my god God oh bismarcky yeah so anyway but yeah but but to be so dope and to know yourself so well that not only do you do that for yourself but then you you reflect that back out to your audience and your audience, some people dress up like him. Most people found their own fashion. Like yeah. if you watch those crowd shots during the actual performance of Purple Rain, it is some of the wildest and yeah. best fashion they you will great. ever see. Yeah. Everyone they show yeah. is incredible. They I would love great. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. Tied for that though, because I'm an egoist. Uh, <laughs> I, I have at the time I remember six left. I don't, <laughs> when uh, when Prince throws his guitar in the infamous "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" tribute to George oh, well, Harrison, yeah, that's intense. Yeah. 
uh, I that was one of my favorite <laughs> music mysteries on Earth. Is like, where did the guitar go? What the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. You brought this up on uh, uh, the DJ. Chris, I'm, I'm telling Mecca this and, and reminding everybody. Yeah, yeah. But I have since become friends with the gentleman who caught it, who oh, kept stop! himself, who kept himself fucking quiet for years How and years did and you years. Do that? Did you Google it or what? Uh, no, he's he's a Minnesota boy. He's a friend of a friend, and he's yeah. Been, they were roommates, right? Yep, they were roommates. Uh, former podcast and former Prince DJ Dudley D. Uh, Takumi was his guitar tech, and I just want to go back in time and be a part of that so that I can yell. That's my fucking boy! You go, Takumi! And then that would be at the very end of the video. Because it's silent. The music's done. He throws the guitar and then it's done. I want to give Takumi the fucking credit because he deserves it. Speaking of speaking of um, Prince uh, guitar tossing moments, only because... Jesus, what's that? Only because... Okay, maybe I'll have one. Okay. But only because we're talking about it. But we were, and I, I was doing this YouTube thing recently. If you're going to have one, this is the one to have. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I noticed. That's why I was like, what is it? Yeah. But so um, remember when they did the <laughs> – I feel like Chris Relic. Remember that time? So you shouldn't have started up with Prince. But they were on <laughs> SNL, and it was like a twenty, like maybe um, 30th anniversary or something mm-hmm. like that. And Prince was, you know, and everybody was drunk and everybody was having a great time. And it was the 40th. 40th. And yep. Prince, and he, he didn't throw his guitar, but he passed it out. And then Mike Myers came in and he was like, no, it was, who was it? It was, it was not Mike Myers. Help me out. Fuck. Um, late night talk show host. Uh, Seth Myers. No, 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 no. No. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Yep. I was about to say he's kind of jolly. He drinks a lot. And he was like, come on, give it back. Give it back. Give, <laughs> he's like, come on, have some fucking respect. Let's get the guitar back. And I was like, Jimmy Fallon, really good looking out. But And, that, and, and I, we watched that, and that was such a dope performance, too. And that wasn't too long before Prince died. And I just was, I, t- I turned to my sister, and I'm like, I don't even want to go to any parties ever no. again unless it's this party. No. Like, how can you go to a party unless it's that party? Like, I'm done for parties. He's magic. So, right. anyways... Jesus. I'm I, glad guess, we're, I guess I'm drinking tequila now, yeah. We're ending on... See this how is, this happened? This is very special. Yeah. This is from our friend Melanie Rozak. She drank this with us mm-hmm. on her episode of the podcast. It's the El Tesoro uh, Extra, Extra Añejo. Yeah. Beautiful bottle. This it is, is beautiful. And it's beautiful on the outside, This is too. good stuff. I do have a good eye. Like, I can be like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. You can keep the hornitos, but... Yeah. <laughs> Came in as... Box. It's got like a. The top is made of stone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's serious. All right. Business. I'll have one of these, huh? They're uh, letting you know it's good. It's good. Drink this. And honestly, <laughs> I, I think this is a good toast to the final question as well. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because I, I. Well, Charles, you ask it, and we can talk more. Let's do it. So first of all, cheers Yay. and thank you for being on the show. Thanks yes. for having Such me. Such a it was pleasure. Really, really fun. It yeah. went by like a party. I guess that's the point. Right. God damn it, that is so good. Oof. All right. The earthiness, I the grassiness. I didn't do it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Right. What am I, a girl? <laughs> you ain't no Miss Pac-Man. Oh, doggies. <laughs> You're a woman, Pac-Man. You're a Pac-Woman. I'm a Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, Pac-Man. Pac-Man. It's not cool. Spider-Man. So this question uh, is predicated on your KFI, KFAI episode. If you were to open a restaurant honoring your culture and the history of family and ancestors, what would it be? What would your version of Dreamland be? Because yeah. you actually did <laughs> say that if you opened a restaurant that you would 
likely name it yeah. Dreamland. I think now, like, I've moved away from the dream of having a restaurant. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been in this business long enough to and known enough people who are in it to know, like, the dream can quickly turn to nightmare. Right. And I think now, like, our trajectory is more... And I say our, and I think of me and Nancy and our friend Mary Quinn, who's helping us on this journey, and that's to create more space, more inclusive space. And it doesn't have to be a restaurant. So in the spirit of Cassius, we just want to create space where people can come and feel, and you were at that party, to feel welcome, where everybody can be together, where you look, where I look around and I'm not the only brown person in the room, which is still sadly the case most of the time. Right. Um, and so we just want to do more of that. Um, there's there's talk of there might be a Cassius beer, TBD. Um, so we just want to keep on, like, creating those um, opportunities for people to, like, embrace the story and the spirit of Cassius and what he tried to create since 1947 here in the Twin Cities and um, to just have um, places that feel good. You know, I often say, like, if I want to go to a place – where I feel really, really excited to go. I have to leave here. And this is my hometown, and I don't want that. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a restaurant. It just has to be um, – and I don't care what it's called. As long as, like, I go – like, I'm excited to go. And people who look like me are excited to go. And people who look like y'all are excited to go. And we can all just be there and, like, black, white, Puerto Rican, everybody just a freaking – So if, hypothetically <laughs> – Maybe that's the name. Yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, if you were to imagine – a place that would fill it would check all those boxes and you don't have to be the one to open it but like the dream of opening something like that even if it never happens mm-hmm. what what would that look like what what's your idea of what that would be I think it has to be a movable feast right like it doesn't yeah. have to be like i think you know that's one of the other things is like having these stationary spaces can get kind of old too mm-hmm. so like it can always be different so that thing that we did at Palmer's was bananas and cool and it we loved amazing. it and i'd love to do more of those yeah. you know there's actually um in Cassius's um dreamland there's some folks who are trying to revive that and so they're trying to create like a new dreamland and so we might do an, an event with them so amazing. i think it's just oh, like cool. let's just just keep moving it and like have different musicians and different chefs and different music and just keep on like keeping it dynamic. That's what I would like. Cool. I have a short attention span, so that's part of it too. <laughs> just keep mixing it up. <laughs> keep mixing it up. Same same question to me. Yeah. All right. However, like <clears throat> it fits your ethos and your heritage I, and your family. You know, the thing that I've always thought about, and Jenny and I have a concept that, depending on how successful we are in the next 10 or 15 years, we may or may not be able to pull off. But uh, my retirement project is to have a very small barn restaurant, uh, preferably somewhere warm where I can exist year-round. Mm. But um, <clears throat> what I want is a small single-page menu on both sides of cocktails and of food. Uh, and then explain why it influenced us and why we want to do it. I think that the the one thing I I love cooking food that doesn't come from my own culture because my own culture doesn't have a great track record with food, especially for like casual food, for spicy food, for any of that. There are some absolute wonderful points of Scandinavian food. I'm not saying anything about that, but like what I choose to eat is usually food that that came from other cultures. And I can't ever say that I can make something quote unquote authentic, but I can say why I wanted to do this and what inspired me and where it was that it came from. And I think that that would be really fun to have a rotating menu just talking about, hey, these were some 
travels that we went on. This mm. was a chef that I met. This was a discussion that we had. This was something that I fell in love with. And this is my interpretation of that. If you, you know, if you want something better, go to fill in the blank, you know, cruise down to <laughs> Morocco or head to France or head to Georgia or head to New York and try this food. But this was, this got me inspired because that's usually what happens is I'll eat somebody's incredible food and then I'll fall in love with flavors and I'll try and figure out like, well, how can I filter that through me and how can I make something? But I feel like the food can't come without the backstory on like mm. why I love it. And I don't want to be the, the three person or the three page long blog that comes before the recipe. But I also at the same time want to acknowledge yeah, where three it came pages. from. Yeah. Or, yeah. A hundred fucking <laughs> scroll, 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 scroll. But like that's, that's the thing is I, I do think that the more that we talk about where we find the food from instead of like, here's a great fun way to get your kids to eat vegetables. Like, <laughs> let's actually talk about what's going on. You can't make pad thai and then change every single ingredient and then still call it pad thai. You know, like you can't take like an actual like barbacoa recipe and then end up using chicken breasts and soy sauce and calling it a day. But if you, if you show the love to the recipe and then you talk a little bit about that and do the same thing with the cocktails, do the same thing with beers. I think that would be a fun place to be I'd where go. everybody can learn a little bit and it's not a stupid long menu. Like every time you go there, you know, there's 10 things that are going to be really good instead of 30 things and right. eight of them are good. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Charles. Yeah. I mean, my answer is hypothetical. It's probably never going to happen. I do conceptually devise uh, restaurant brewery cocktail spots with clients of mine that are like newcomers so I have experience doing that uh, but if I'm talking about like my background my culture the only food I don't cook is Lebanese food mm. I don't cook traditional Lebanese food my mom does it we've touched on that <laughs> We're, we've been self-referential like, I get mad because I'm like fine let your mom cook it. Can I get it? Can I get an invitation? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, let, me, let me get some of Mama's Lebanese. Like you're rubbing it yeah, in. No, that's, that can be arranged. Okay, good. So, like, traditional Lebanese food, my mom does it. Or if I'm in Lebanon, my Aunt Jacqueline has a restaurant. She is fucking brilliant. Mm. The best Lebanese food on planet Earth. I stand by that. Mm. I've had a lot of it. For me, if I were to, like, honor my culture, but do it in a way that is also, like, unique and uh, authentic to myself uh, I have this I, I, I use ingredients for Lebanese food I use like sumac and, and za'atar and things like that but in dishes that maybe they would not ordinarily be in and I think something like that would play really well not only in this community but probably pretty much any community mm -hmm. in the United States I don't know a lot of like forward thinking Lebanese restaurants um, that are doing interesting things with flavors that already exist but there's this uh, Mediterranean places Lebanese places they're like very almost religiously traditional mm. they're very same same like 30 menu items are all the same mm -hmm. mm. every place has you, you got you don't even have to look at the menu you can say like shawarma mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you're ordering the same food item at all these places but those flavors can be used across different boundaries it's kind of like the mashup like the guac mm -hmm. burger yeah for mm -hmm. sure but uh, i guess if uh if hypothetically i were to honor my heritage and my family and ancestors i would do something like that mm. using those flavors but in an interesting way oh, yeah. and it's wild that it doesn't really exist but when well, some people uh, don't like it though like I mean I've talked sure. to Sammy about oh, yeah. this sometimes yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Like, you can't eh. mess around yep yeah. you can't it's yeah. like me getting angry about making tabbouleh spicy 
It's kind of the <laughs> like I get mad when I see. You the should different... call it tabbouleh spicy. That's what your Ooh, restaurant should be called. All right, I would eat there. I was thinking uh, good Lebanese boy, which would be like ironic because I'd be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you messing be, with tradition. Yeah, you'd be fucking it up, you know. Right? Like, <laughs> like, asshole. like, like you this do. Asshole, right? <laughs> Just call it this asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> this ducking guy. Uh, Mecca, I can't thank, thank you enough you. for Super for being fun. here. Uh, I want to circle back for everybody. Uh, yes, please. One more time, can you let them know where to find the podcast and also where to find your writing on the sure. intro? So you can go to KFAI Mini Culture, the Godfather of Black Space. It'll come right up. That's the podcast. And I'm Mecca writes uh, Mecca Boss writes. I think it is now dot com and other things that I do will come up there. Uh, as a favor to me, as a fan and friend of yours. Uh, keep using your voice both figuratively and literally because oh, I yeah. have had headphones on this whole time <laughs> and I fucking love listening Aww, to your voice. It is you. fantastic. That's so sweet. Very true. Thank you guys for having me. This was super duper fun. This plus, was awesome. Plus I got to drink a bunch. Right? Also drinking on a Sunday. Tequila. Day drinking. <laughs> mega drank tequila. <laughs> and mega drink tequila. And when, and when I got here I was like, nope. We no. I don't ever do that, you guys. We did it. Now look. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charles, if people want to find you somewhere on them intronets, where would they uh, find you? It came from the sea on Instagram. Holla. Uh, I don't know. Google communist and you'll find me in some fashion. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe not. It doesn't matter. You probably don't. It's just a lot of food and dogs and me doing weird things. <laughs> don't follow us. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but, follow libations for everyone. Yeah. And go back and listen to old episodes. Uh, again, thank you for bearing with us uh, through a summer of COVID weddings and funerals and everything in between. Yep. Uh, it's uh, We're working the best we can with our guests to try and figure out schedules that work for everybody yeah. uh as soon as summer kind of fades here we'll get back to being regular but we're going to keep kicking out episodes mm-hmm. as much as we Which, can according to minnesotans is already over it's already over <laughs> summer's over yep right. last day of camp we gotta have a slow dance <laughs> and then everybody's gonna get separated and head home yep that's right <laughs> well uh i hope you guys all have a peaking ducking great week that's right and uh we'll talk to you soon Thank you so much, uh, Mecca, again. Love you. Thank you. you. Charles, yes. love you. Love Happy you, Mark. Happy birthday to us. Mean it. We'll see you soon. Happy <laughs> birthday to us, <laughs> <Yeah>. bitches. Woo! <laughs>